0: Tell
1: them about the time we face them. All right. Well, as I remember. At Avenger
2: Headquarters. Because united you know the Avengers are strong. Welcome to the Marvel Evolution show with myself, Andy Stead.
0: And I'm Jarian Gibson. And I'm Alex Stroud. Uh, how are we, chaps? All right?
2: Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Yep. Thanks, Rick. Good and uh, just uh, enjoying your
3: Fourth uh, of July weekend. Trying to. We're we're in the midst of a tropical storm here, but <laughs> you know, you know, everybody's running outside shooting off fireworks in between the the rain. So, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose,
2: I suppose, uh, you know, you've got to celebrate no matter what the weather is. You can still celebrate, can't you? Um, mm-hmm. Jaron, how are you? Doing good. Yeah, excellent. Good yeah. week.
0: Yeah, good week, uh, you know, enjoying the long weekend, just got back from playing disc golfs and it's hot here, so yeah, cooling nice. down in the AC right now. How did you get on at disc golf? It was pretty good, it's, it's, uh, this is like a shorter par three course, so it's more like a practice course, but it's good for my son to play, my, my wife played, my daughter just walked until we were ready to go to the park, she was like, I'm not playing today, so it, it's more that's, like a short range, putt approach type course, so.
2: It's nice that it can be a big family affair though.
0: Yeah. Get outside you know, you do something.
2: All, yeah, you can all go. Yeah, a- Alex wishes he could get outside and do something at the moment, but not mm-hmm. in a tropical storm. <laughs> hey, I,
3: I would be out playing golf right now if I could, you know. <laughs> so,
0: well, hopefully um, the, the storm's not, you know, just passes through and no damage, and you know, just kind of goes back
3: out. So, hopefully everyone stays safe. I'm just thankful it's not a hurricane. Yeah, just, you know. So,
2: we watched um me and my older son and my wife watched uh, The Impossible yesterday. And it's just, it's, I said to him, like, sit down and watch this movie. You know, he didn't want to watch it at first. He was like, oh, I don't know. And then I was like, no, 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 watch it. It's, it's really, really, um, inspiring or I I don't know the right words to use, but, um, it's, uh, it, it really gets you and you see the sort of devastation that these big storms and, you know, mother nature can cause. Um, but Yeah, great movie. And obviously it's Obi-Wan Kenobi and Spider-Man. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we've got over uh, we've got a big show. A uh, long show today. Maybe maybe slightly longer one just because we've got a lot to get through. We've got um, a week's worth of MCU news. We've got uh, episode four of miss marvel to talk about and we have got a bit of a preview for uh love and thunder to get through so uh, we will get going hi lisa hi roxy i can both see you both there so it's good to have you on and i guess Xander's listening as well so hello mate how are you um and as always guys if you're listening drop us a message say hello and chip in in the conversation so um let's not beat around a bush Jari, and let's get straight into some uh, mcu news from this week eh?
0: All right, well, we got a lot this week, so it's been a pretty busy week news-wise, so let's get right into it. Multiverse of Madness. Um, Ramey talked about the Krasinski casting. He said, it's so funny that Kevin Feige cast John Krasinski because the fans had a dream of who the perfect Reed Richards would be. And because this is an alternate universe, I think Kevin said, let's make that dream come true. I've always enjoyed all of his performances and that statement to me seems like this was a fan casting uh you know to appease the fans which we all pretty much knew that but I'm not so sure on if he's gonna play Reed Richards you know long term though you know Mm -hmm. and I think I mentioned before Krasinski's contract with um Paramount you know he has uh, a Quiet Place 3 he has a film with I believe The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. And I think it's a third film. He's like a two or three year contract where they have like first right of refusal. So, you know, between that contract and then Remy saying this, I'm not so sure if we're going to see him cast long term as Reed Richards.
3: Hasn't he wanted to move more into like a director role anyways?
0: Yeah. Like- and, in, and I think one of his films, too, he's directing, writing and starring in. I think the one with The Rock and uh, Ryan Reynolds, he's directing, writing and starring in. And he directs the Quiet Place movies as well. So he he's pretty much in depth in that director's side of of directing and writing also on top of mm-hmm. acting.
2: Mm. It's a shame. I got my second watch of Multiverse of Madness last night. Actually, um, I haven't seen it since it was released, and uh, yeah, watched it last night. And and actually, he's quite good. He's quite good as Reed. And it's yeah. a shame that we didn't get to see more of him. Um, but uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure that we can um, sure that we can move on from John Krasinski.
0: And wasn't that tech that he used to kind of come to that portal w- when they were in the Illuminati room? Isn't that Doom tech? Didn't, it looks that uh, way. Yeah. Isn't that uh, Victor Von Doom's technology that, that created that type of th- uh, technology to do that? Yeah, that's
2: yeah. the that's the kind of general assumption, isn't it, out there at the moment? There's, there's, people have drawn parallels with um, uh, some bits of tech that Doom's had in the comics. So. I've
3: also I've also seen people try and relate that to like the TVA doors almost because yep. it's just like the orange door versus the blue door. It's kind of similar, you know.
2: But mm. Mm. yeah, no, it could be from anywhere really. It's just a little, little these little nods. Yeah.
3: Um, Blade
0: news. It, it looks like Blade will start be filming in the fall. So it sounds like it was pushed back a little bit, um, but it's still happening this year. And so far, everything still appears for Blade to be on schedule. Um, so that, that's good news there.
2: And we're looking um, like that one's going to be that, um, that November release next year, yeah?
0: Yep, mm-hmm. probably that, that around Halloween time is, is my bet for that one.
3: Mm-hmm. I still think that uh, what we talked about last week about the potential casting for Dracula's daughter, I still I like that idea, and I still think that's probably going to happen. Because, yep. y- you know, like Dracula and his daughter kind of have that weird back and forth where they don't really ever get along sort of you know so they could it's like frenemies yeah exactly like i think i think they squashed their beef at one time but then they like went right back into like they hated each other shortly after so you know
0: next bit of news is madam web um they're adding more to the cast and this time emma roberts is going to join the cast so it's got a pretty star-studded cast Still not sure where this movie's going, how it's going to be, but you know, the rumor is that Feige's involved, not sure if that's true or not, but also too this is supposed to be the way they cross over between Spider-Verse and whatever it's called in the MCU. So,
2: hmm. huh. we'll see where we'll see where this whole uh, Sony Spider-Man Spunk whatever they're calling it <laughs> the goes. Um, I'm kind
0: of uh,
3: I'm kind of hoping she's Black Cat to be honest, like yeah. you know. I think she'd yeah. be a great Black Cat.
0: I can see Black Cat. I can see Spider-Gwen. I'm trying to think who else could be in this film, you know, besides Carpenter. Um, You know, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. Roxy, no one asked for it. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's interesting, you know, where Sony's going with this, especially with the news that... I don't know if I had this in my notes here or not, that Craven the Hunter is actually Russell Crowe's character, and that ATJ is playing more like a... Mm -hmm. Not actually Craven, but his son. He's more like an animal cons- conservist, or whatever. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think it's my news later on, but I'll double check.
3: Okay. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, I have no idea where Sony's going, but we'll
3: see. <laughs>
0: um. So, Andy, I have some Wolverine casting yeah. ideas for you. So, yeah. Rhett Reese, who's one of the Deadpool 3 writers, he has said, suggestions, it's got to be someone shorter this time. So, maybe a Zach uh, Galaflachianus. Or Patton Oswalt, someone like that. I don't know. Look, we don't have any inside information on that. Even if we did, we couldn't share it, uh, but we don't. I I would honestly go more an undiscovered person, which I completely agree with a lot of these roles, go undiscovered. Um, Because Hugh Jackman was reasonably undiscovered the first time. And I think there was initial bucking of, oh, he's too tall or he doesn't look right. Or what is this Australian thing? I think that if they're playing playing their cards right, they probably should make it someone we've never seen, which I completely uh, agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other writer, Paul Warnick, uh, chimes in and says, "Oh, don't worry, they'll play their cards right. You know, Kevin Feige, he knows what he's doing over there. He doesn't need any of our opinions." Which, honestly, I would love them to bring Wolverine in the MCU through Deadpool three.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: this this the way that the history of Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and even in the Deadpool movies, the, that kind of stuff. You know, even if it's a cameo um, for Hugh Jackman and they pass the torch to somebody else, I think that could be a good medium. But to add to that, uh, where's my other piece, though? There is someone who has met with Marvel. Where did I put that in my news? Um, Miss Marvel News. Um, Oh, yeah. So here you go. But here's the big news, though. Taron Egerton revealed to The New York Times that he's met with Marvel Studio executives including the studio's president, Kevin Feige. He says, I don't think it would be wrong to say that. I'd be excited, but I'd be apprehensive as well because he was so associated with that role. I'd wonder if it'd be very difficult for someone else to do it, but hopefully if the role of Wolverine does come around, they'll give me a shot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, th- you I, know, I'd everyone expect- automatically went to him when that rumor came up that he met with them. Didn't say who, but everyone went to Wolverine.
2: Yeah. So go ahead. Well, they, again, that they're looking at the, what... Um, what you was just saying there, you know, shorter, um, the right age range, uh, you know, I, I think that I think that Taron would, wouldn't be a bad shout. I mean, I don't know if he's, but then again, I think they could make him rough around the edges if they needed to.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, um, but yeah. I, I like him. I think he's pretty good. I've seen him in a few things. Um, obviously, he's he's got a great bit of experience through the Kingsman, um, yeah. you know, action style stuff through the Kingsman movies, which he's brilliant in. So uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be supportive of that for sure.
0: And he's been one of the popular names out there, along with your guy, uh, Zach Efron. <laughs> and then also, to the actor. I'm, I'm going to blank on his name. The actor who plays Homelander as well.
3: Mm, um, Anthony Starr?
0: Uh, yes, Anthony Starr has been kind of associated with the role also. But I do agree. They do need to go, you know, if they don't go with the big name, they need to go completely out of left field. Same thing with a lot of these roles they're casting for. I don't think they need the big names to carry them. No, um, you know, you can put pick some B list actors or some some people who are brand new to the mm-hmm. um to, to the industry or even, you know, not like the top tier names, you know. And so yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if
2: you if you look at the Eternals, for example, I mean, you, you brought in some big names in the Eternals to play the Eternals because nobody I mean, you know, we did. But um, you know, you you sort of general movie goer didn't really know who the Eternals were. So they needed your Angelina Jolies, you know, your Richard Maddens, um, those kind of people to 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 be- become those those characters and add that star power to mm-hmm. those movies. Yeah. Um but the- Wolverine brings his own star power, doesn't he? So almost regardless of who it's gonna be, it's Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People so- love
3: Wolverine. exactly
2: yeah so as long as they don't completely get the casting wrong which let's face it they never really have have they i mean there was a post on the group the other day i I don't know if it was was it fred that put something on the group the other day that basically said who who do you think has been a bad casting and it was a tough question to answer Mm -hmm. um, because i don't think anybody's been terrible there's been ones that you'd go oh well i'd quite like to have seen somebody slightly different play this role but Mm -hmm. can't look at them go no that was absolutely awful terrible casting let's not do that you know um so i I think that they usually do a decent job so um you know it can be known or unknown as far as i'm concerned i'm not overly fussed
0: i I, I think marvel the mcu has not messed up on a casting but marvel if you look at all the different films outside of mcu included if you took outside the mcu and it said marvel films in general i think finn jones probably (laughs) at the top of that list of bad castings of marvel characters Mm-hmm. Um, you know and honestly I wasn't a fan of Terrence Howard playing Rhodey I that think Don Cheadle fits it the way better especially when you think of a military person that kind of stuff just the way that Don Cheadle's presence the way he carries that role I'm not saying Terrence Howard was bad I'm just like I'd I like the recast to Don Cheadle and that has worked out for them
3: the rapport between and that back and forth between Tony Stark and Rhodey has been a lot better I think since that yep. transition happened I so agree.
0: And speaking of Don Cheadle and Rhodey, Armor Wars is uh, will start filming this fall in Atlanta. So, Ooh, cool. so that could be we, we can find out pretty soon. You know, especially with uh, San Diego Comic Con and um, D23. Disney. Yeah, Disney D twenty three coming up. That we'll find out. Maybe that will be on the slate for next year's of shows. So this um, comes
3: out before Ironheart.
0: Po- Ironheart's already filming. So okay, so so they might be around one? the same time.
3: Okay, so I'm just curious. I'm curious if one leads into the other. That's why I was... Yeah,
0: like I wouldn't be surprised if we see Rhodey show up in Armor Wars possibly mm-hmm. um, or we see Riri in... Um, I'm sorry, Rhodey show up in Ironheart or we see Riri in Armor Wars. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but
0: and I, I think we'll also probably see is when we see Sharon Carter again as well. We'll probably be Armor Wars also.
3: Because Rhodey's kind of like that MCU veteran at this point and he can kind of help push a lot of young heroes along, you know? Yep. So.
0: Especially if, if, you know, the history of Riri of working with Pepper and Tony in the comics and Stark Industries, you know, you know, yes, we know that she's going to be in Wakanda forever and that Shuri's probably going to be the surrogate for Tony in the MCU. But you can still have her cross over to Stark Industries, Stark tie into Pepper and Rhodey kind of play that role also on the Stark side um, if if they do that.
2: I do hope that these just just uh, digressing a little bit there. I do hope that these new characters that are coming in, um, you know, RiRi and um, Sam, I suppose. I don't know he's not a new character necessarily, but, you know, Sam and whoever takes the Black Panther mantle. Um, but uh, Kate Bishop, for example, uh, Cassie Lang, any any of these new characters that are coming in, I hope they can develop their own identity away from the character that they're born from. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know?
0: Yeah, and I think if you look at with Miss Marvel and, and Iman Villani, she's doing a great job. Even though she's carrying that Miss Marvel mantle, um, she's already setting herself apart from you know being the fangirl of, of Miss Marvel of, of um, Carol Danvers that kind of stuff. She's already doing that. She established that very early on in her series, um, and so hopefully we'll see others
3: do that as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, sure. I I I think Sam Wilson did a good job of kind of being a different Captain America in the MCU too. Like kind of just using that as kind of like a transitionary yeah. example, you know, um for being different than Steve Rogers before. So, mm. made it his own. Yeah, sure.
0: So speaking of new characters to the MCU and shows, Moon Knight news: Jeremy Slater has not heard about a second season yet. Um, He revealed that he hadn't heard anything. He hadn't had any conversations with Marvel. He said, I think a lot of those decisions are ultimately going to be in the hands of Kevin Feige because he's the guy with the master plan. Um, And of course, Oscar Isaac, because he's not signed up for that sort of traditional seven film contract or whatever the other actors have signed. Oscar has the ability to do as much or as little Moon Knight as he wants to. I think he had a great time playing the character, and I think he really enjoyed the process and is happy he did it. But I also think he's not a guy who's going to rush in and just sort of churn out a sequel just because the first one was popular. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads to, yes, he only had the, the deal for that series. I'm sure they're going to do more. You know, They're not doing those long contracts anymore like they did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure that they're going to do something. Moon Knight was very popular. You know, They can tie Moon Knight into so many other things. Especially with them going down the dark side of things. And hopefully we get some news out of D23 or Comic-Con that we're, we're going to get
1: more moon
2: night. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's almost the point actually as well, that these characters are introduced in maybe their own show. And then they then get filtered into the, the movies or they, you know, they have their own movie maybe, or they come into a team up movie, um, or into a, a big ensemble movie, but, uh, or, or even back into another show, into a different yep. show, you know, into somebody else's show. But I don't necessarily think that they all need a season two. Um, yeah. And I think it. You, we should. We as fans should almost expect them to not have a season two, mm-hmm. but just expect these characters to be introduced in their in the show, or it's just a little bit more about that one character. So obviously, um, obviously, Kate Bishop was introduced in Hawkeye, but we'd already been introduced to Hawkeye. We was just yeah. seeing a little bit more of Hawkeye in his show, and now we'll probably see more of him back in movies again. You know, mm-hmm. so it's almost like, uh, I guess it's like magnifying like you know uh, zooming in on Mm -hmm. a character a little bit more yeah can you spend six weeks with them and
3: i feel i was just gonna say i feel like these shows are really more of like a trans uh transferring i guess from like what's going on in the show to the actual movie itself and i know this will sound kind of weird but with most shows everything's pretty much self-contained so Mm -hmm. like your entire story is there but for a lot of these marvel shows it's like hey this is what's been happening this just gets us to from point a to point b now we're done with the show we move on right and yeah. and like a lot of people are like well can we get a season two but you don't really need a season mm-hmm. two because then it's like you're going back and you almost have to like loop back and make a whole nother you know story and attach it to that and yeah. then you're like moving in a loop so
2: i get i see what you're saying you're all, it's almost like seeing what happens to these characters between their appearances in movies almost. Mm-hmm. you know yeah what, like yeah worth of
3: madness is like the part two to wandavision you know what i'm saying like you don't need a season two of wandavision
2: yeah we've said that in the past haven't we that the sequel to the next to the sequel to the current project is the next project regardless Mm -hmm. of whether that's a tv show so the sequel to miss marvel is going to be for love and thunder Mm
1: -hmm. you know
2: they might not tie in necessarily at at all Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
2: but that is kind of you're watching Marvel, you know, we've mm. said that
1: before. Yeah. Go
2: on, yeah I think the
0: only, the only show sequel in the books that we know of is Loki season two, which yeah. is tied into this current phase very well. Cause it started it yeah. with the whole multiverse and that kind of stuff. And then now it's going to, you know, I'm not sure it's probably going to, it's going to be after quantum mania. So yeah, we'll probably see how that show impacts quantum mania and then how quantum mania impacts season two.
2: Mm-hmm. I was, so uh, talking about uh, phase four and how it started, um, no, Alden, it didn't start with Loki, did it? It started with one, uh, WandaVision, didn't it?
0: I, I thought it started with Black Widow.
2: Oh, my God, I can't. It's so
3: it seems like so Or Or Black
0: Widow, the... In- no, yeah, I think it started with I Black think Hood, it's Black
3: it? Widow, and I think the second Spider-Man movie was the last of Mark Phase 3, home. right? Yeah. And, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm getting,
2: getting discombobulated with my dates now. But um, it, Loki Season 2 might be a good way to um, finish off Phase 4. Yep. Um and and uh, didn't Feige say the other week when he when he came out with that statement saying that we would see where this you know the future of Marvel's going? Didn't want he? To say, wasn't there some words that he said that were like, um with this phase coming to an end. Didn't he say something along those lines with this? Yes. Yeah, around we, something uh, like that. Yeah. That
0: yeah. As, this, as this wraps up, we'll understand where the future is going and so forth in, in the saga. So,
2: yeah. So could that be a sort of uh, a little hint to the fact that this phase, phase four is going to be finished soon. And could yep. it be finished with Loki season two?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, other phase four type stuff. Um, so we know Wakanda forever is coming. We know fantastic four is coming, but Howard Stern was on a hot mic this week with all the news that um, that he might be in a Doctor Doom project with uh John Favreau. Oh so um basically he said on his on his radio XM show that he spilled the, that he's going to do Doctor Doom while his mic was hot during a commercial break when talking with the Summer Plans. They're going to go over the schedule with me and it's going to suck. And Stern, I told you I'm going to do Doctor Doom. That's the thing. But believe me, if I'm effing miserable about it. <laughs> I called Robert Downey Jr. and asking him his acting techniques. <laughs> now there's also speculation too that Doom may be teased or appear in Wakanda Forever. So if that project is filming this summer and we know Wakanda Forever's coming in, in November, I wonder if you would get some lead in there as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Setting up Doom a little bit in the MCU, given a little bit of like background history.
0: Uh, here's a comment from the group, um, says with, uh, about the whole characters and season twos and discussion we had with how broad the horizons are growing, we're more than likely to going to have longer waits between seeing some characters again, which I agree, you know, mm-hmm. I'm hoping we see moon Knight um, in work by night, but we cannot see him again until blade or if they announced ghost rider or some other project midnight suns, you mm-hmm. know, so it could be right. It could be a while. Um, I know with characters like Riri, we're going to see her more because she's going to get introduced to Wakanda forever and have her own series. And we could, like we mentioned earlier, we could see her again in Armor Wars. Um, We know we're going to see Sam again in Captain America 4. So some characters we'll see more frequently. Why others, you know, like Miss Marvel, we'll see her in the Marvels next year. Um, But like, when we're going to see Wanda again. We're going to see Moon Knight again. You know, or by night again. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's a great point. Um, Chris Evans, Cap, the original cap, OG Cap, Steve Rogers, um, he denies a return to the MCU as Captain America. Um, he said, No, I don't think so. To return to the role, I mean the truth is the role isn't even mine anymore. The role is Anthony Mackey's, which have some people talking to say, well, he could come back as Hydra Cap or
3: you Old know, Man some, Steve.
0: Old man Steve, you know, President Rogers. Um, yeah, I mean, or not- he, some people tight. say he could he turn around and play Human Torch again. If you want yeah
2: to, um, <laughs> i mean i i think i think t- for him to say that he's quite quite specific about the role of captain america
3: mm-hmm. yeah. not
2: steve rogers yeah he's like captain america that is exactly my point will you come play back can will you come back to the mcu and play captain america And he's like, well, no, because that's that's anti-mackey's doing that now but nobody said will you come back to them and play Steve Rogers. It's almost like a little bit of a um Word up, play, playing words. Yeah, playing yeah. words, isn't it? And he's he's yeah. So I I I, I mean I I keep saying all along I, it makes absolute sense for them to bring him back in five six years time. We don't need him. We've said yeah. it. We don't need him at the moment. We've said that millions of times, and that's absolutely true. We don't need him. We don't need Tony. We don't need Natasha. We don't need those guys. We've got new people that we want to get invested in, and we should get invested in them. But especially with Cap, the fact that he's actually not dead, you know, uh, or with Steve, sorry, the fact that he's not dead, he can be brought back.
0: Mm-hmm. I like what Alex said, though. I wouldn't mind seeing the old man Rogers, him him playing that role. Maybe when the team's down, they need someone, and all of a sudden he shows up. Or even, like, I think in teasing what if that he was President Rogers, I think? Yeah. Or he was a politician. So even that, you know, you know, in the MCU could be something for him to play now as Old Man Rogers.
3: Yeah. Or even he could be a mentor to, like, the Young Avengers or something, you know, kind of, like, be like, oh, this is, because, you know, Cap's one of those, he's, like, such a legendary hero in, in Marvel that everybody just is in awe of Captain America, you know, so, like, Steve Rogers being Captain America, like, and passing that mantle on and moving on and being an old man now, now he can kind of Either be on the moon if they really want to do that, or <laughs> you know he can train young heroes. So
2: yep. there's a um, there's a good moment in um, uh, is it the the children's crusade? I think where um, Billy and Tommy try and find Wonder. Um, that you know when they're convinced that it's that she's their mum and they try and find her, and she, it, it turns out that Doom's got her. And won't go down that route at the moment, but um, but basically they need help and their help comes in the form of Steve Rogers, you know, just that little idea that uh-huh. you've got these, these new young sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reckless heroes that kind of need some sort of guidance by an older, mm-hmm. more experienced hand. Um, and having someone like Steve Rogers about who's, you know, to quote Rody you know, live that hero life. And, um, I think it makes sense, but n- not yet, not yet. 10 years, 10 years ago.
3: And, and the other side of that coin too is Steve Rogers in the MCU, other than the Eternals is like one of the oldest heroes. Cause he's been mm. around since the forties. So not only does he have experience, but he's fought, on different fronts in different eras. Yep. So he knows like the changing battlefield. He knows how to adapt, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. he's a little bit different than everybody else in that regard. Bring him back as an AI. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Tony Stark. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> no Rogers. <laughs> I, know, I know. I was just saying, don't pull a Tony Stark and try. Yeah, that, You
0: know,
2: I think that'll happen though. You know? Yeah. I yeah, think I'm- that will happen.
0: So, uh, speaking of season twos, what if season two um, is supposedly, reportedly, this went out in the Netherlands newsletter for Disney Plus in the Netherlands that on a what's coming Disney Plus that season two will drop July twentieth of this year on a Wednesday with nine episodes, which makes sense because if you look at when Miss Marvel ends, um, which is what do it two more episodes left I think. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and between there and she hulk it was what august i think or september she hulk august 10th yeah mm-hmm. there's really no nothing in between so they could you know air that you know together there would be some overlap with she hulk It was going to be nine episodes and it depends how they do it but that's interesting i haven't heard anything else about it but th- that was some buzz this week that it went out in a newsletter to another one subscribers for disney plus so
2: august august 17th would be she hulk
0: so let's look at nine weeks then
2: Four, five. We'd only get we'd only get four episodes in. Between, um, uh, if it was to August, if it was July twentieth, there'd be overlap. But um, oh, must but, they do two a week? Uh, yeah, unless they do two a week yeah. Um
3: That'd be cool. But, yeah, um, but we do know
0: that Phase Four characters are going to be in it this year. The new it, Phase Four characters will be in. It seems soon. Like it seems, yeah. it, what? What? I don't mean it seems soon. It's it seems sudden. Sorry, let's say
2: yeah. that. Yeah. You know, no, yeah. a lot of promo, not a lot of build up to it. and it, It's like there it is. You know? Don't know.
0: Yeah. So something to keep an eye on uh, with that. Um, but we know that uh, Tony on Sakaar is going to be one episode. and That was already done because that got delayed because the pandemic from season one. Um, and so eight other episodes. And we also know, like I was saying, like Shang-Chi and other new phase four characters will be um, in it. And I know I think it was you, Alex, that said in the group in that post about. Um, the Illuminati defeating Thanos, if that could be a what-if episode yeah, as well to kind of show that battle. Mm-hmm.
3: That would be interesting if if they did something like that. You know, like okay. I've said all along, they can use what-if to kind of Play whatever whatever strings they really want to in the MCU. They can use it as a backdoor way for pilots. They can use it for just to test the waters for characters yep. or changing characters or whatever you know, whatever they want to do.
0: It's how we got Captain Carter live action, and how we're written the Watcher now looks like in Thor: Love and Thunder from the statue we saw. So
3: mm-hmm. hopefully, we'll we'll
0: see Jeffrey Wright come the screen come live yes. on screen with that someday.
3: Yes, mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Um, Big Hero Six. Um. Baymax is now streaming on Disney+. Plus. All episodes are available. Um, they are short, so they're about 10 to 11 minutes long, but they're all out there. Um, and then Scott Addis was interviewed, and he talked about um, bringing Big Hero 6 to life uh, in live-action MCU. Uh, <laughs> he said, I'd get in that, uh, that costume for that. I'd get in the big rubber suit and inflate it and walk around, absolutely, because I'm a big Marvel nerd, and I think all those movies are fantastic, so to step into one of them would be incredible.
2: Huh. So Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I really liked the movie actually. The first movie, it was it was it was really good fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing those episodes actually.
0: Yep, and they're all they're all available. They dropped them all good at the same time. hmm Um couple of casting rumors. Um are talked about Taron Egerton, So let's talk about Jessica Jones. So the rumor that started this week, um actually in the last two or three days I think is that she's returning for Daredevil on Disney Plus. Um and for anything I heard, it sounds like Daredevil will be a soft reboot. Um, so it's not gonna totally con- it's not totally going to throw away the past, but it's not actually going to actually reconnect to the past. And it just sounds like it's same actors, new character, same actor, same character, but some things change in the MCU, and not be completely continuous of Daredevil uh, on Netflix. Um, also, too, uh, Finn Jones has been out there as well, and he's unlikely to return. Not not being brought back. There was a rumor going around that he's going to be in Shang Chi too, and everyone's like, no. Actually, all this, the scoopers that I follow said, no, he's not coming back. The news is he's not, you know, if anything, it'd be a small cameo, but most likely he's not coming back. They're not bringing him back. Then the follow-up question was asked, will Michael Coulter return? And there was like, there's nothing on him yet. So I don't know that that means the door still open for Michael Coulter to return as Luke Cage. I'd like him back. I thought he did well. I mm-hmm. still wouldn't mind seeing someone more buff for the role. Yeah. Um, but um, you know if he comes back you know i'd be happy with that too yeah he, uh,
2: i didn't i didn't dislike him but yeah i, I do you know what it wasn't even it, was, it wasn't even his size it was kind of he looked too nice but like he had a nice yeah. looking face too kind yeah yeah he just looked like yeah. a nice guy and i'm not saying luke cage isn't a nice guy i just wanted that kind of hard rugged you know um yeah just more square jawed and strong, silent type yeah. that Luke yeah. Cage would kind of yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. He just looked, he just looked like a nice guy. Didn't he? Mike Coulter. And and you were like, ah, just for me, just kind of didn't, didn't scream Luke Cage, but you know, he was good. And I agree with what you're saying, Jerry. And he, he was, he was decent. So him
0: Ritter I, had a good chemistry too. Yes. Very true. Yeah.
2: Yep. Very true.
0: And if they do bring some more of those Netflix actors back, I hope they blame, bring back um, Simone uh, Mystic. I think her last name is she played Misty Knight. Mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i hope they bring her back too as well uh roxy goes i hope they don't ruin daredevil which i don't think they will um even with the news about it, it's not going to be like as dark as it was there's other runs of daredevil that aren't as dark and they can yeah. still do things with daredevil and mcu so i, I, I still have
3: i, I really hope they, they don't bring back trish from jessica Jones hellcat um yeah. If they if they ever do something with that i hope they recast that role um but i'm curious now are, i wonder if like wasn't it Alias Investigations? Was the name of Jessica Jones' business and something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious to see if they actually like go back to like she's running Alias and everything like that. I'm curious to see if that goes back to that sort of soft reboot thing that they're talking about. So,
0: like maybe maybe uh, Murdoch hires her to look into something, and that's how we get her back in. You know, yeah, working a case. He hires her to do some detective work. You know, some private eye work for him. Mm-hmm. And that's how we get her Christian Ritter back in the MCU. It could be in the MCU. Sort of, it could
2: be some sort of link up with uh, She-Hulk as well.
0: Yep. That mm-hmm. also. Yep. Speaking of She-Hulk, nice transition there. Andy didn't know I was, this is coming. <laughs> yeah, speaking like, of She-Hulk, I yeah. You was gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this rumor came come out yesterday, I think, and it's the rumor is that Jason Siegel, So, um, oh, yeah, forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, but he will be debuting in She Hulk as the thing. Oh, yes, that's the rumor. But the rumor also said that I was reading more into this that there was something that it's almost like he's been out there for a while because the way it's some kind of lawsuit or some kind of um case that uh, that would say that he's been out there for a while, so that's where I kind of it might fall apart for me. Um, but that's been the buzz and if you've ever seen Siegel, like he's like a big fan of Muppets and puppets and that mm. kind of stuff and doing voice stuff. So, you know, my number one casting was Seth Rogen to voice the thing, because if you've heard Seth Rogen do his impressions and the voices he does, they're hilarious. But Jason Siegel is very well at doing that also. Yeah. Um, and
2: he's very, he, he's almost like another version of Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's, and he's quite, so he's quite comedic as well in, yep. his, in his approach. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, 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 I I don't know. I can't imagine it, but I, I quite like him actually. So um, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't see him actually playing the the human form of him, but actually voicing the thing. I, I can see it because he's like he's like a six something. He's a big dude. He's tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And but I don't see. Him. I, I'm going blank on the human name of the thing. Uh. Ben. Uh, oh yeah. Ben, ben. Ben Grimm. Yeah. Ben Grimm. Thank you. I'm going blank today. Sorry. Uh. But I don't see him playing Ben Grimm per se. That you know they could have someone else do it, but unless we don't see them, you know. Like I always said, we don't need an origin story no, of Fantastic no, we Four. No, we have have flashbacks, no. that kind of stuff. Have them already established, and I think that's the way to go. Yeah, But definitely. I think he could, he, he could do a fantastic job of, of voicing um, the thing. Excuse um, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last piece of news before we get into Ms. Marvel news, um, House of Harkness will start filming in January through May of 2023. Okay. So oh, I don't good. know if we'll get that in 2023 or if that's going to be a 2024 production or actually debut of that show, so.
2: That's the, That's interesting, and that's a long way away, isn't it, considering yeah. when they announced that, they announced that last year? Yeah. It was, or it seems like last year. Was it Was it last year when they announced that? Yeah, it was, it was
3: like
0: last year, The beginning it, of the year, yeah. I think it was like, wasn't it D23 when they showed all those different, like, yeah. zombies and all those things, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so that's a long way away, isn't it? Obviously, mm-hmm. they got that one in the, they had that one in the pipeline, they sort of went, yeah, you know, um, what's her name, Catherine? Catherine Hahn. Yeah, mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn, they yeah. sort of you know, they went, well, we love her. We want her in. So we're just going to make a show. When, when can we make it? I don't know. But let's, <laughs> let's say we're going to make it and that's it. She's in. So, and uh, she's been
0: a pretty mum on the role too. Yeah. Well,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. I guess they're not, they're not really – they probably just went, We well, want to make the show. This is what it's going to be called. When are we going to make it? don't know. What are the details? don't know. There's probably nothing there, is there, at the minute. If they're not even going to start thinking yeah. about production until January, they've still got six months before they start production.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder what we see, because there's been, there's been some, it was more of like a musical type thing, which I haven't heard anything more about that, but uh. I love to see her pass from Salem, Witch Trials, and back to those days, up until she found herself in Westview, um, but also, who else has she come across, what has the dark Darkhold shown her, mm-hmm. what else has come from the dark Darkhold, who was... Who was controlling her through the dark hold? Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Vampires. (laughs) Werewolves, uh, Chithon, you know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, nice. What did
3: she do? I'm not Wonder Gore, you know. I think it would be awesome if they just had like Agatha like they do one of those like through like the ages kind of like episodes where every episode is like a different era that she's lived through. And yeah. they kind of do that sort of like WandaVision, but that you see like the people she's come across like she curses Jack Russell's father with the werewolf curse like in an episode in the, you know, 1900 sometime, you know, like at some point and that leads to <laughs> Jack Russell. Maybe that's why they've left it so long. Yeah. You
2: know, maybe that's why it's because I mean, even if they start recording, when did you say it was going to be finished recording? March? Uh, May. May. So uh, we're not going to see that until the end of at least the end of 23, if not 24. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we could have, we're going to have werewolf by night. We're going to have blade. Are we going to have anything else like ghost Rider or anything like that in between other, you know, things with moon Knight. Are we going to have anything in there? Um, so yeah, then could we be going back and seeing, you know, I mean, the yeah. house, the house of Harkness that, you know, her house, that kind of,
0: yeah, her, her covenant,
3: her family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. there's
2: that history, doesn't it? That says her ancestry.
3: Who knows? Maybe and it kind of, it kind of sounds like that uh, she had had that dark hold for not only a long time, but. Whoever else had it before her, I would assume maybe her mother or whatever, you know, they yeah, probably grand, had grandmother, that
0: the grandmother. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's like almost like a passed down thing. Yeah. So, I mean, they can either choose to explore her history or just go straight into the dark hole if they really want to. Yeah, and, because
2: uh, it doesn't say the House of Agatha Harkness, does it? It's no. the House of Harkness. So, yep. like you say, it could be a, to do with her family and her family's history rather than just her.
0: Mm hmm. And then I like what you said, Alex, about showing her each episode through like years, kind of like that montage we saw in uh, Wolverine: X Men Origins, where they sewed him through different wars. Mm-hmm. But that was like a, you know, like a short one. Do that weekly episode, like she was like in the on Witch Trial. She was mm-hmm. in, you know, maybe like another like what this the 50s or the 60s or 70s or whatever up until mm-hmm. she got to there. Maybe she even witnessed the whole thing with, um, the, um, you know, she showed, um uh Scarlet Witch what happened with her chaos magic and that kind of stuff when she became the Scarlet Witch maybe she was doing more on the side there watching that when she was in Sokovia maybe mm-hmm. she was there you know maybe she helped with that or was keeping an eye on her so and I mean, there's there, there, things they could
3: do. There's all sort of other magical characters that they could have her run into. Like she could have met the Ancient One at some point, you know, if they really wanted to go that route. Because, like, you know, it's one of those things where I would assume the Ancient One would know of the Darkhold since you know, in, in chaos Strange. magic and yeah, yeah, chaos magic and stuff like that. So yeah,
2: I'd really like to get the Ancient One fleshed out a little bit more, mm-hmm. actually.
0: Miss um, Marvel news. Um, so let's kind of piggyback into that since Ms. Marvel's up first um, director Charmaine um, obeyed Chinoy I'm sorry if I butchered that name on the emotional conclusion of episode 4 Ms. Marvel, Kamala is bringing audiences back into something that is rarely visualized on screen which is a 1947 partition In that moment that she's walking on that platform, she's not a superhero she's bearing witness to this monumental period in history that carries such a generational trauma I took hundreds of photographs in 1947 and recreated that on the platform to be able to tell history. She went on to say, I want Kamala to be catching, to be listening into these uh, frenetic conversations that were taking place as people were leaving their homes. So she's almost listening to snippets of conversations. And each conversation makes you realize what it meant for those people to leave their homes and to leave their relationships and to leave their family members. In the case of the father and son, he was too old to travel and he was sending his son This little girl thinks that her mom and her will no longer have a place on the train because it's so packed. These two friends were hugging. We'll never see each other again. And so she was walking through and she was looking. The anguish of the families was reflecting on her face and she was listening. So I think by making it deeply personal and making it about families and them leaving their homes, anybody, it was transcending cultures and boundaries. Anybody who's had to leave their home or who's experienced refugees could, it touched them in some way. Uh, and then she goes, and the scale that was so important to make uh, her climb on that train and to pull the camera back for you to realize that millions of people left their homes. You realize that when the camera pulls back, you see people just jumping onto the train in that frenetic energy. And that's exactly how it was in 1947. So, mm. so that's very interesting. And that was a pretty shocking scene, too. I did not expect that mm. to happen in that episode like that. You know, I figured it'll play an important role because the way they talked about it and how it impact of things especially with the the Khan family mm-hmm. um but seeing that like that and how they they jumped to it uh was was pretty visually well done
1: mm mm-hmm.
2: the impact yeah it's yeah. Certainly, certainly very impactful same, wasn't it yep.
3: yeah and i think they had that shot at the end of the show where they like zoom out and you just like slowly it's like you're zoomed in on one little section of the entire area and then you just zoom out and you see like the magnitude mm-hmm. of what's happened you know He's- in the past
2: it's like, um, you know, I said at the top of the show that we, we watched impossible and it's, it's almost like that, you know, you see this little bit of damage, you know, this bit of flood damage or whatever it is. And as you keep zooming out, you go, Oh, it goes further. And then you keep going out. So it's further and then it was like, Oh, there's another train. Oh, there's another train and there's another one. And you're like, Oh, wait a minute. This is, this is a whole station yep. with thousands of people. And this is one station, one place, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, like you say, you zoom out, um, and uh, yeah, you can see the scale of of this um, event, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, uh, yeah, that was quite that was quite impactful actually. Mm-hmm. At the end of that, um, yeah, are we are we going to crack on talking about this episode? Cause that one to-
0: more one more thing, and then we can we can crack on. Um, and then she further went on to talk about the importance of bringing Kamala Khan to life in the MCU. She says, "I think Kamala Khan changes the way we see superheroes." And I think the world is ready to embrace the fact that superheroes come in all shapes and forms and sizes. And that, in falling in love with the Khan family, in falling in love with Kamala Khan, you open yourself up to those experiences, to this culture, to this way of life, to this food, and this music, and these fabrics, and the sort of richness of the texture of what it is to be an immigrant in America and to find your voice. I think she does a wonderful job of doing that. And I got to say, the family dynamic, I, I, I love it. Like Uh I've been saying this the whole time, it reminds me of my in-laws, my wife's family, and my mother-in-law. She's an immigrant, Mm -hmm. Um, so just the way, just the food stuff, and you know how they are. Some a lot of parallels there. Mm -hmm. Um, Roxy has a comment real quick about the about the previous one, the Partition. I'm glad they show a glimpse of how horrible the Partition was and how much damage the British done. Yep, it's like any time a country's invaded and taken over, and Mm -hmm. all the separation of families and that kind of stuff. So Mm -hmm. go ahead, ahead, Andy. No, um.
2: I was just going to say, I, I think that it, it's the it's the best uh, the family thing, uh, the best family dynamic that we've seen in the MCU mm-hmm. so far. I agree with that. Yeah, uh, I think it's excellent, really good, um, uh, and it's really real, isn't it? Really mm-hmm. real. You know, you can you can totally imagine that that's exactly how um, a, a family like that would would, would operate. Uh, mm-hmm. just, yeah brilliant loved it and i love all the sort of uh the uh, the illuminantes as well and you know these different sort of friends coming in How uh, they all sort of know what's going on and uh, mm-hmm. you know and even when they went to to uh uh karachi and there was yeah. the cousins there and they were kind of still treating each other that same sort of way it was very very natural it was almost like you was just a fly on the wall with someone's actual life for for quite a while and that's actually actually how it's felt all the way through that you have got that kind of um uh, you know, it's like secret cam like at the mm-hmm. dinner table. You know, while they're having a conversation about homework or something. You know,
0: Roxy goes on. She loves her family, especially her dad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: best dad in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> He's up there, and he's
2: a lot better than some of the others. <laughs> he's got <laughs> ego and Odin, so you
3: know he's, <laughs> he's Thanos. Like and... <laughs> yeah, I don't know,
0: but, but then you look at then you look at Clint and his family, and then you look at Scott Lang and you know That's his true. daughter, and so yeah,
2: yeah, got some good dads out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um,
0: speaking of that, uh, the dynamic and family and friends, and notice that Nikea is not texting her back.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: Nikea sits pretty, still much in shock, still much. You know, don't want to think of finding out that her best friend is a superhero without even telling her. I was going to mm-hmm. say, do you
1: think
2: it's just because she didn't? I don't think she's bothered that she's a superhero. I think it's just she's more bothered that she didn't tell her. Yeah, Feels that she can trust her. Yeah. 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 But then that's that's a typical... Uh, uh, Teenager. Plot. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah, but the typical sort of plot device there that we've seen. She was about to tell her, wasn't she? And then something happened. I can't remember what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I think Nikia told her that she made the uh, the committee. And I think, but I think she was, I think Kamala was going to tell her, but that's, typical. that's when, when
0: the kid almost fell. Yeah. When she said the kid oh, the
2: kid. Yeah. She yeah. was going to tell her, wasn't she? And then something happened and she couldn't tell her or yep. she did. not And then it was almost like there wasn't a right time. There wasn't any time to tell her after that. It was, it was too busy. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, we've seen that time and time. I think we could, see, I could see where that was going. Even I, I mean, I don't see things like that. And I was like, she's going to get annoyed when she finds out.
1: Yep.
3: Which this is sort of unrelated, but in that scene, you know, somebody is like, hey, look, it's Nightlight. I think it's so funny that both Spider-Man and Kamala have both been called Night Monkey and Uh, Nightlight, Nightlight. like both with night in the name. Like, it's just so funny (laughs) to me. I don't know why.
0: (laughs) And and speaking of uh, Nightlight, she went to Karachi, which is the city of lights, which you saw in big, bold colors when she arrived there. So, yeah,
2: um, nice. Yeah, um, and obviously when she got there, she was uh she was pretty quickly once she got to the train station, greeted by um red, red Daggers, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, and and that was an interesting. That was a great fight. I really really enjoyed that fight. I probably enjoyed that fight more than I enjoyed any of the other fights because, yep. and I said this on the group the other day, it really felt like that was Kamala fighting. It. Do, do you know what I mean? Like the mm-hmm. style was so. It was her. It was exactly yep. what she would have done. Like as a as a. Sixteen-year-old girl who's not really got any experience in fighting. I can imagine that's exactly what she would have done. So I, I really well, I liked how that was thought out, uh, choreo, choreo, uh, choreographed. Thank you. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you can also tell too that she's she's getting more comfortable with her powers as well. She's getting mm-hmm. better with her powers. Like she's been training more, and we also saw more in the beginning. But the funniest thing of that fight is when she tries to put dagger back at him she
3: couldn't <laughs> <laughs> it was, <wow>. yeah, <laughs> was way off
2: just uh, takes onto the floor yeah it's, um, yeah because that's and again that's typical isn't it you know usually that if that was i mean obviously if it was natasha <laughs> <but you're> like, <whistles> yeah mm-hmm. straight in the head but yeah no she doesn't she hasn't got a clue how to throw a knife that's what's going to happen it's going to fall mm-hmm. on the floor but um yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that fight actually. And um yeah, I mean I don't, that was really interesting going to the to the red daggers sort of mm-hmm. layer and finding out more about the other dimension and, and everything that was going on there. I mean that's all that's all new to me. I've not I don't really know much about that story at all. So I mean I don't know what you guys have got any experience in, in that.
3: Well, I love that line that he says that if Thor would have landed in, in those mountains that he would have been called a djinn, like he says that in that episode. And, yep. like, the grandmother even says, like, at one point, like, you know, you're, like, almost, like, you're too focused on what a gin is. Like, it's genetics. Like, you know, like, just think about it like everything else. Like, don't be focused on what we are. Focus on what you'll become, kind of type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, like, where I felt like that was going. And, uh, you know, like, yeah, he was, he's probably going to die as soon as, like, he, I saw the older guy from there yeah you you kind of felt like there was something gonna happen there you know in that episode and i love that scene where he turns around and throws the knife um down from the balcony or whatever and takes that guy out from clandestine yep very great scene
0: yeah and you can tell here from the group uh love the other dagger he was awesome but it was clear he was gonna die Mm -hmm. and then about throwing the knife that was my favorite bit when she threw the dagger and it completely missed (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that whole scene was interesting because they kind of explained some things there like when when um kareem uh first came to her the red dagger he said i sense nor right mm-hmm. that's why he he showed up there um and then he called he called her first are you clandestine and I, i'm not sure that was the first time we actually heard them say clandestine in the series or not no, um, i'm I trying to think sure. if we heard it before
2: um the 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 main woman.
0: Oh, yeah. Namja. No, yeah. Namja no, said it before. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but then we also got a Terminator reference when they were done fighting. Come with me if you want to live.
2: Yeah. Thing.
0: yeah. You, know, <laughs> you, know, you know, Terminator uh, to Sarah Connor type thing. Mm-hmm. But you also know that Red Daggers, it's a mantle for the Warriors. It's not just one person, but it's a mantle. And then they went on to say a couple other things too. Like clandestines are not gen- like Jim from history. So they're different. They're, and they, they've kind of interchanged realm and dimension in this episode, right? Mm-hmm. So he said from another realm. But then it goes many dimensions around them. They can't see using realm and dimension as the same. Nor is the en- energy source; it's connected but hidden. And nor is the energy source of Kamala's powers. But again, since she's human, you know, it's different w- from that kind of stuff. And the way they explain that and show that um, w- w- was pretty interesting.
3: Mm. Yeah, it's, on- it's almost like her being human is what anchors yep. her. You know, yeah. exactly, humanity.
2: Yeah, yeah. So. and. And she can, and she's harnessing the power from that dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's but, almost
0: like when the ancient one was harnessing from the dark dimension in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah, most likely, yeah. And, and, and her humanity is, is why she's able to do it on Earth. And because they're, they're, they're yeah. slightly depowered, aren't they? Because they're not in the right dimension. Yep. Mm-hmm. But obviously, because she's kind of a bit of both, she's, she's got that. Um, but then I get, do you know what, actually? That, that, that then actually, um, reflects her own personal struggles doesn't it because mm-hmm. she is a traditional uh, or from a traditional pakistani family yet she is a 16 year old teenage uh, american teenager
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: so she's got that kind of conflict is she is she this person is yep. she is she from this uh, you know a, a traditional pakistani family or does she look uh, Does she have to be a typical American teenage girl? Uh, Is she from whatever dimension that was called? I can't remember what they called it. Or is she from earth? You know, what is she? She's, she's still trying to find out what she is. And that's what the whole program is about is about her identity. And we said that a little ages ago, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Months and months and months ago that this would be about identity, which again, reflects the theme of this phase. And also, as we've said in the past, just the superhero genre, um, in general, really.
3: And, and I really like how they did in this episode where it's sort of different, but we talked about, you know, universe incursions and multiverse of madness. This is sort of like a dimensional incursion almost Mm -hmm. is, is what this reminds me of. So it's kind of like, it is sort of like an incursion that they want to do where they want to bring the noir here and it will basically that universe or dimension will consume everything here and take its spot. So,
0: yeah, but. The the power thing, too, is also a parallel to the comics, right? Because she pulls her powers from the Nord dimension, but in the comics, she pulls her powers across the multiverse from other versions of herself, right? Mm-hmm. That's how she does the ambigening and all that kind of stuff because she's pulling powers from other versions of herself. So we have another comic book parallel there with how they're doing her powers in the MCU. And then you mentioned identity, the inscription of the bracelet, you know, what you seek is seeking you. Mm-hmm. It's, so interesting with some stuff there also
2: yeah so what is she seeking then you know she she she's seeking answers on who she is or who she's supposed to be yep mm-hmm. um and funnily enough actually um i just changed the subject well we'll get onto it in a minute i dare say but um the uh, legends episode for thor uh, and jane foster and valkyrie are up i watched the thor one just before we came on and uh, there's that clip in there where uh frigga He's talking to him and saying about, you know, says that line about stop trying to be who you're supposed to be and be who you are or something like that. And and that's kind of what we're talking about with Kamala, isn't it? You know, yep. who who do her, ex- her parents expect her to be? Who do the Illuminatis expect her to be? Who does Bruno expect her to be? She needs to stop being. She just needs to be who she is. Mm hmm.
0: But, it, but it's interesting, though, when we talk about that, she needs to be who, who she is. She's not too much different from her, from her Noni or her mom, because mm-hmm. the first thing that we found early on, that her mom was a bit of a rebel, right? Mm-hmm. And then they kind of brushed that off to, like, like don't talk about that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But also, too, um, you know, the Noni said that it's genetics, right? Her powers are genetics, and so are Noni's, mm-hmm. and that the Bengal also saved Noni's, uh, Noni's uh, life back in the past. Mm-hmm. But then you see that Kamala is also artistic, just like her Noni as well. So we are seeing some things there that she's more like her mom and her grandmother Noni than than they would like they would like to admit. And that they also had things when they were younger as well.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see if where we're left at the end of this episode, if she is in a vision or if she's time traveled. You know, that they they can kind of go one or two ways with this, and she can either. I think you said, Andy, like it's almost like predestination. Like she mm-hmm. could be the very difference maker that put her grandmother on that yeah. train. I just think that's what's going to happen. Is, is she, yeah, if she's in the past,
2: I'm putting money on it. That it was, her that saved her grandmother.
0: And the mm-hmm. Trail of Stars was her.
2: Yeah. I, yeah, yep. exactly. and, yeah. and it was always, also,
0: yep, which also is another th- a parallel from the comics, because in the comics, she did time travel as well. Okay. And so yeah. more parallels here in the comics. So she, she able to time travel back to. The partition night to save her, her grandmother. Then, um, that's a you know interesting way with, with the time travel. Now, Alex, that comes to the conversation that we had though. So, are her bands really quantum bands? And this is all tied mm-hmm. through the quantum realm because we know that time travel in the MCU is established in the quantum realm. Mm-hmm. So, is this is this some part of the quantum realm? Are those actually quantum bands? Mm-hmm. Um, interesting to see how they explain. What the actual bangles are, mm-hmm. um, and if we have any ties into the quantum realm here, or if we even get like a Scott Lane cameo or something,
3: it's weird it, that it we is. keep seeing like Ant Man, like he was spray painted on the wall in the train station, and yep. he in was. that episode, yeah. And so, like, series. yeah, and like she like made a remark about him, you know, being like immortal because he never ages, you know, kind of like that. Mm. Paul Rudd thing that he yep. has going on, so like you know, there that's at least twice I can think of. I think there may have been one more reference, but I could be wrong. But the podcast,
0: uh, yeah, the, I mean, podcast,
3: um, yeah, the, the yeah, giant, the, the giant
0: man at the convention, yeah, we saw yeah. as well.
3: So it yeah. has been
0: pretty much some kind of Easter egg to Ant Man in every episode. Yeah, I think I think if you remember
2: back, um, before Infinity War, and uh, everyone was saying about how. Like how stupid it, is, how stupid is it to have Ant Man and the Wasp after Infinity War? What stupid, what stupid movie have. that's going to be pointless? What's the point of that? Or actually, it, I mean, it was it, it was really really important. Like not the not necessarily the 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 um, the story story right. of that movie technology. itself. Ant Man and the technology yep. in that movie was like the most important thing that's happened in the last, like, five, ten years. Um, and, I, and I think maybe, you know, everyone kept underestimating Ant-Man when they, even before the first movie came out, everyone was like, oh, Ant-Man, Ant-Man, this, Ant-Man, that, you know, it's, it's not really going to be, you know, very important. But actually, um, I think he's turned out to be really important. And speaking of Ant-Man as well, um, there's the uh, that leaked footage of the um, uh, Cruise, the Disney Cruise uh, video. We've with, mm-hmm. with Ant-Man and, and Wasp and we've uh, Kamala in it as well. So yep. that whole, you know, they're, they're putting more importance on Ant-Man, I think, than mm-hmm. uh, than what people are giving him credit for.
0: Uh, so a question uh, from the group here real quick. Was there an Asian Ant-Man in the comics at one point or was that Giant-Man? Which Giant-Man was Goliath, which was um, um, Bill uh, um, Foster.
1: Foster.
2: Bill Foster, yeah. yes, thank yeah. you.
0: So I, I gotta go back and check on that one about the Asian ant man. If there was one, mm-hmm. I, I don't recall one. No, mm-hmm. me neither.
2: But um, but yeah, I, 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 um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised actually because the the quantum bands. It's all there's all these little sort of hints that it could
3: mm-hmm. all be. yeah and I think it makes sense too with the quantum because they want to use the quantum bands to bring the noir here so that's almost like merging two universes so I mean it's kind of in that same vein sort of you know Mm -hmm. and I think the other funny side of that coin too is is after Endgame I remember seeing like way before Endgame I don't remember which movie it is where Hank Pym says I will never give a a Stark my technology and then Tony Stark takes that technology and uses it (laughs) to travel the multiverse and then it's like okay well, like uh, now that, like, he sort because it was like Hank Pym knew what Pym particles could do, but he could never really get them worked out. And then it's like Tony just kind of comes in at the last second and is like, All right, I'm going to take some of these Pym particles and see if I can. I Hey, look, I fixed it. Like, I, I, I- we can do it, you know? And so it's just funny. It just so goes, goes- uh, here you go.
0: Um, Raz, uh, Mohorta. So I look that one up.
2: Okay. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've no idea about that one. Um, yeah, it's almost like, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh Hank and Stark, whether that would be Howard or Tony, just always needed to work together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but but were too stubborn to to work together and wanted to work individually.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting to see that when they were both at uh Shield and working on stuff at the same time, what what their interactions were like yeah. and and what kind of relationship they had during those times between Howard and Hank.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, and the way you say the whole thing that 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 um, that Hank Pym knew what the Pym particles are capable of, that goes back to the conversations we, we've had many times, Alex. That we think yeah. that Fantastic Four should be tied to them, and just think at one time in the MCU, if we had Reed Richards, Hank Pym, and Howard Stark all working together at Shield or mm-hmm. in some capacity or somewhere else before the accident happened that sent them off into uh, the quantum realm or the negative zone or how are they going to play it out in the MCU?
3: mm-hmm yeah uh, yeah th- yeah I, what's funny about that too is is like you know in in-game they have that line about the oh they didn't touch the glowing stuff coming out of the box or whatever yeah. and and that's like that could have been the very tie-in that they use for something like that exactly
0: you know? he saw that accident happen before and that's how his friends re-richard disappeared yeah
2: you know so. yeah um, he ran off very quickly from that yep.
3: <laughs> yeah he was you know, like so he- yeah. Inter- like in terror over that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: very true. Yeah, he was. So
3: uh
0: so a couple other things too. We got some more costume pieces, right? So Brunner gave her the mask, mm-hmm. and the red daggers gave her the vest. Mm-hmm. You notice that too? So we're starting uh, to build that Kamala Khan Miss Marvel costume out as a series progresses. And
2: um and thinking about that, where else so so who is this series probably mainly aimed at? it's aimed at the sort of younger generation and when you play these computer games when you play the avengers game you get pieces of their um Here. costume don't you you get yep. a little bit I, of that. Time. I, <laughs> that. I think we can hear him yeah but, um yeah you, you get little pieces of the costume areas uh we get little pieces of the costume at a time don't we there's there's this bit there's that bit there's this bit and you collect bits don't you and you add a little bit and then you modify it and then you upgrade it and you buy a new piece to a, a, a new bag or whatever it is. And it's very um, similar to that in structure, isn't it? Where she's yep. building this costume up. You know, she's gradually looking more and more like the version that we've seen in the promotional material.
0: It's like I've been replaying Link's Awakening Zelda on the <laughs> Switch. Like I started over again on, on Hero Mode to play from the game. Like You wake up with a shield, you have yep. to go back to the, the sword, then you find bombs and you can buy the bow and arrow and all the other stuff too. You can put the feather to jump, that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. And I wonder if we're going to see her in full costume by the end, Yeah, you know, or do we, does that kind of play more into her? And like, does Captain Marvel kind of finish her off as far as costume wise? I mean, the there's,
2: there's a big jump, isn't there? Actually, when yeah. you look at what she's dressed like at the moment, I mean, you, you've got to wonder where this costume's coming from. If you look at her costume in that, that, that cruise line video that um, we're talking about, if mm-hmm. you look at that, it's very modern and very professional looking, isn't it? And um, at the moment she's, we've got two episodes to go. She's a long way away from that. So i wonder whether someone's going to come in and help her out with that.
0: Do we Mm -hmm. get a Carol Danvers cameo?
3: That would be interesting. You know, know? I, I really liked what they did with that vest too, because they even said something like every thread of this vest has history to it. It's like, this is, this is historical itself. And when they gave her that, I think it, built a little bit more sentimental Mm. nature into that scene yeah um and i kind of feel like pretty much most of her costume will be something that sort of relates to something like that like who knows she might have her scarfs like red i think that she wears so like that could be something from the red daggers too you know like kind of like their little red thing they wear well, that one episode, Nakia did give her that shirt,
0: which actually in the comics, is actually a scarf in the comics. It's not a ah. shirt. So we saw her in the bathroom before she went with Cameron, I think. Then Nakia mm. gave her that shirt. But actually, in the comics, like, like I was saying, it is a scarf. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to see if she takes that, that shirt and makes it a scarf or, or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, interesting. And then one thing, too, I've had my notes here about the whole identity and her mother and her noni and that kind of stuff. There, there's that tension between her mother and her grandmother still until this day. You saw it from the very beginning about your skin looks dry. You know, like a mother, talking to a daughter when they haven't seen her for a while. But her, she said mother didn't need the fantastic theory stories. She needed her mother. This is uh, Kamala's mother talking about her grandmother. Some tension between them, uh, just like Kamala and her mother. So there's more parallels there. Um, Kamala's mother left because of neighbors shunning her about her mother, Noni, and stories about her great-grandmother. So I guess, apparently, the neighbors thought she was crazy, possibly, or or some kind of person that was out there, but we'll come to find out that, that story the stories are true, and I wonder by the time this ends, whether it's episode five or six, that we see that rebuilding of the relationship between Kamala's mom and her mom, mm. and then how how... That dynamic between kamala and her mom changes as well now that we get the the whole identity thing comes into fruition of her being a superhero mm.
1: yeah oh,
2: your yeah, yeah.
0: fireworks, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fireworks. I hear that.
2: happy for yeah We're not there yet. um yeah I, I yeah there might be a lot of um uh, what's the word i'm looking for like sort of conclusions to to those relationships as we get into that last episode you know the, the building of bridges um from for different people
0: and then also too, um we had another parallel to um the red dagger the older one i think his name was waleed was that his name yeah. uh-huh. self-sacrifice for the greater uh-huh. good uh-huh. you know kind of back to i think we, they they played on this before i kind of was a joke but clint and natasha in the soul stone he kind of self-sacrifice so they could go on to to do what they need to do so some more parallels there of self-sacrifice mm. um but my biggest pet peeve with this episode was clandestine. And I'll tell you why.
1: <laughs>
0: so we get this, this this menacing shot of the um, Department of Damage Control Supermax. Which, oh. <laughs> if you think about it, if you think about, it, though, the same prison complex where I think um, Abomination is, mm-hmm. I think that's the same place that we'll see in She-Hulk,
1: mm-hmm. possibly.
0: Um, one, how has damage control gone from in a homecom- Spider-Man Homecoming have gone from cleanup, weapon storage, that kind of stuff, to actually chasing down supers, right?
1: Mm-hmm. The,
0: the, I think we talked about this last time. they also become an arm of the Accords? You know, Who gave them authority to actually chase down and imprison superheroes?
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: they come off like keystone cops, though. It's like you have these powerful people. You're going to put them in simple chains on a pipe that can break so they can easily escape, and then all of a sudden they're in Pakistan. I don't understand that whole sequence there. It's like it was like a throwaway plot device, whatever you want to call it. It was that's my biggest pet peeve with this. Story. Yeah,
2: the, the speed yeah. They, the speed that they got to Pakistan didn't bother me. I, I, that stuff never really bothers me because I just go, well, it's a movie. But yeah, um, what what what, I, what was going through my head the whole time was um was uh, Austin Powers when he talks when uh, Scott. Um, evil. He's talking to his dad. Oh, so you're going to put him in a cell that he can easily escape from with, with one inept guard? Look, mm-hmm. there's that one guard at the front of him, and he's like, <laughs> wait, oh no, like you've overpowered me. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, like, hold on, you've got four or five, you know, <laughs> superpowered people here. Why have you not got twenty guards? You know, mm-hmm. is, is there cutbacks? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, really it's like I had
0: I had Benny Hill music in my head when I watched that scene again. You know, I'm just like, what is going on here? Because when we when we saw them in the raft and how like look 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 how they had Wanda, you know yeah. at the raft and how they were pretty much how much security they had to see in this scene, it's like this does not add up here.
3: Yeah. Yeah, maybe they just didn't know what they were and what they could do. So maybe that was like their best thought. But yeah, just like you said, I think back to Austin Powers, too. I think back to Goldmember where he says that, that thing. He's like, well, do you know how many henchmen I've killed over the years? Like, look at you. You don't even have a name tag. You stand absolutely no chance. Like <laughs> that that was exactly what I thought. In that that's
2: scene. that's um, Michael Caine, isn't it, though? And, yeah. and, he, goes, and he goes, go on, son. Just, just, just jump out and he, he makes him kill himself. Basically, yeah, yeah he? lay down on the ground. Gonna, yeah, lay down, lay down. That's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the, the the one thing interesting here is that they left Cameron behind, and we know, like I said, his comic history. He's like a, he's he's on the evil side of the Inhumans, mm-hmm. so they kind of see him as a traitor after what happened at the the wedding. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to resurface at some point? Is he going to be an ally later? um i definitely think um kareem the red dagger will be an ally later because he actually in the comics does come over to the states i think he's an exchange student if I remember correctly um and so he does come over to the states at some point so i'm sure we'll see more of, of kareem but where does this leave cameron though
2: mm. uh-huh. yeah interesting i think i don't think we'll see uh that's not the last of him that we've seen in this series that's for sure i think he'll resurface in the next episode somehow but um uh yeah it's uh it, it's do you know what it, it's the series as a whole has been a, a welcome um addition to the mcu and it's uh pleasantly surprised me and how much i've enjoyed it and how much i'm looking forward to seeing the next episode which is always uh always good
0: mm-hmm. yeah That's now it. now i want like a, a moon girl in devil dinosaur live action not a cartoon after, after seeing the series
2: yeah, as um as your as your daughter enjoyed it, Jari.
0: Yes, she has. We have watched every episode together. Um so I usually watch the episode 2 or 3 times because usually I'll watch it first thing in the morning to take my notes because there's no distractions and then I'll watch it again with my with my daughter and my son and sometimes a second time with my son only because he likes to talk <laughs> um and ask questions. So, yeah, it just depends how how things go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, nice. No, um it's been it's been a decent series so far. I'm really um really excited for for every Wednesday and uh, it's going to be a shame when it's finished actually. And it's, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it, it could end up being my my most favorite Disney plus series so far.
0: It's, mm. it's probably one of my top ones up there. Um, and what makes it even more special for me is my daughter's not into any of this stuff at all. Like she's read some of the, um, some of the books like uh, like not necessarily cartoons or Marvel stuff, but some of those like fantasy books and that kind of stuff yeah. she's into. And this between this and, moon girl and devil dinosaur it's kind of my bridge to kind of bring her into the marvel fold a thing mm-hmm. so
2: brilliant brilliant and that's all we can ask for isn't it? and that's exactly what this what her character was all about in the first place that's exactly why the character was was uh, brought to the pages for that exact reason
0: okay um, um from the group here uh i'm cl- I'm gonna click on screen my 8 year old talks mm-hmm. all the way through it every week that's hey it must be an 8 year old thing my 8 year old son is the same thing <laughs>
2: <laughs> um so uh, should we wrap this miss marvel episode 4 conversation up and move on to our uh, last piece that we're going to do today in this uh, love and thunder preview
0: yep so i saved the news for thor love and thunder until now so i Excellent. guess we'll start there
2: yes go for it
0: um so uh taika what um let me see here um, before we transition, Roxy has a comment as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was least excited about it at first, but now it's my top favorite shows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's presently surprising. you know. Um, but uh, Ta- Taika Watiti did a comment on how Groot fits into a story about a man in love with a hammer and an axe. He goes and says, Yeah, in Stormbreaker, I don't know if this is the way anyone else thought about it, but you got to remember Stormbreaker is made of Groot's arm. Um, well, you know the handle is, and so Groot was like a teenager when he did that, so he felt like Stormbreaker was a young whiff, and had only just been born about five or six years ago, so it had to feel a bit like an adolescent, and it was like it was going through changes, so that's interesting statement there. Um, Watiti further went to talk about the gore change from the comics uh, on the screen. He said, his face in the comics, unfortunately, does kind of resemble Voldemort. So I was like, people are just automatically going to make that connection. So we decided to depart from that design and sort of keep elements of the tone. And the fact that he had the sword, really, uh, it was his story that was the most important thing for us. So there you go on why we have some changes with with Thor. Now, I'm sorry, um, Gore. I still wonder if those set photo leaks of him having the black hood, if we see any of that. You Mm -hmm. know, but we'll see. Um, and I also want to see how they explain the whole necrosword and that kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not surprised that that's what the reason was, if I'm honest, uh, you know, as we've said, there's, I mean, even, even the, the God butcher storyline is, it's not, it's a great storyline and everyone should read it. If you haven't read it, read it. Um, and I should imagine if you're listening to this podcast then you probably have read it. Um, but generally speaking, I shouldn't imagine that that is a story that even translates. Yeah. Well, no, no, not that translates. That that even kind of occasional comic fans would have probably read. So then, the chances of them understand knowing who Gore was before they've seen this movie are, are even slimmer than knowing who your normal villain is. You know, I mean. Well, it,
0: that, that's why I said translates because it I'm won't sure. translate for them.
2: Yes. Yeah. You know, gotcha. yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah. So. I can see him. People going, "Oh, well, he just looks like Voldemort." And then once the general population gets hold of a, a fault like that, it can just, you it's know, a go snowball. viral. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can I can kind of understand it. That doesn't mean that I'm I'm personally not disappointed that he doesn't look a little bit more accurate to the comic book. But hey, let's let's see what happens.
0: Well, that's the, the bell spin as well too, because Bale's yeah. not a big CGI person. He he fits into the role. If you've seen him play. Vice President Cheney to The Machinist to even um, other films. He puts on weight, loses weight, all mm-hmm. the different things. He's not a big CGI mm-hmm. type person. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yeah, I, I, was, I, I was just going to say, I also think it's really interesting too. I saw somewhere that they talked about, like, he has like the religious markings like carved into his head and stuff like that. And I think I watched an interview where Bale like kind of talked about, they originally did some sort of scene where they talked about possibly doing that and including that into the movie, but then they decided it might be a little bit too gruesome. And so yep. he backed off, and Marvel's kind of like, we'll stop that. So,
0: yeah, basically it was a self-mutilation scene that was cut of Gore moving tattoos from his face and his scalp. They cut that out because they thought it was too dark. Yeah. It was too much. So, so. Um, Chris Himesworth danced to ABBA and loved. Uh, Love and Thunder, but it's a deleted scene. Himesworth said there was there was to an ABBA song, but didn't make the movie for a few reasons. It's a full dance scene. It's, it's a full dance-off, shooting lightning out of his fingertips, and so on. And there's all kinds of music. I think I posted to the group, from ABBA to Guns N' Roses, all kinds of music will be in this film. Um So look forward to that.
3: Um Sounds very Star-Lord. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah um but heimsworth also wanted to say about uh gore he said he's my favorite villain in the marvel cinematic universe and i love everyone i've worked with but this was particularly special and a lot to do with with what christian said before um that this empath- uh, empathic quality there is a vulnerability you kind of find yourself going oh what's he doing what, what he's doing is wrong but i get this sort of motivation behind it and every time you work with someone different Different characters that bring different things out of you, and that was the case here. And yeah, he did an incredible job. So everyone, I think I've read, has said that Christian Bale has done an excellent job playing for mm-hmm. And I'm not sure. Roxy goes, "Thank God." So it's am not sure. If thank God to to Bale's uh, reviews, or if. Um, Death I think that might be. That seen.
2: Yeah, I think <laughs> that might be. Thank God that we don't see uh, yeah. <laughs> lightning bolts have his fingers dancing to our <laughs> bus. Um, yeah. yeah, No, I mean, you, you know, you know what you're going to get when you when uh, when you hire somebody like Christian Bale to play a character. He's gonna he's gonna put in a good shift. That's for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, let's see. It sounds like he's going to play that sort of maniacal. Um, oh, so yeah, dancing. Twist, yeah. Uh, that maniacal, insane, twisted kind of um, someone who's kind of lost his lost his faith. Maybe, um, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see it because uh, Gore is he's one of my favourite characters as well. That whole God Butcher storyline is is incredible, really, yes. is. and he is so menacing. It, I can't think of anybody else who I've ever thought of as menacing as as Gore so mm-hmm. i'm you know excited to see what 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 bowen and and, um, and all of them can do with him
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah i can't wait to see it on friday because we're gonna go friday during the day um nice. at least my son and i i'm not sure my wife is coming or not but my daughter's definitely out <laughs> she likes i don't want to go see that so uh,
2: we've, we've got saturday at the imax so uh yeah nice uh, yeah that's it. it had to be imax I, I missed out on imax on multiverse of madness so i wasn't going to do it again um but um it's going back to the, the dance and the lightning out of the fingertips and things like that. Um, do you think that the comedic side of this could, do you think that was pulling, that was then pulling back
0: and mm, saying, po- let's not make it too silly? Possibly. But since you said that Kevin Feige did address some things about this, so I'll, I'll go to that one here right now. Um, mm-hmm. So Five did say why Thor uh, is the first to get four movies in the MCU. Um, he says, I think they respond to Chris Hemsworth, and I think they respond to everything that he can do. And Taika certainly brought another dimension that was always with there within Chris. There were moments, even going back to interviews between the two of them on our New Mexico set, where Chris was like, um, I was like, is he trying to be funny? Or is it? No, he's being funny. He's like, hilarious and beginning to. I saw a clip of Ultron the other day where he's trying to make Mark Ruffalo feel better about smashing a bunch of people, and it's so funny. Um, And then he goes on to say is that that Age of Ultron, of all movies, actually set up Thor's comedic future in the MCU. He went on to say, it's so, uh, or, and it's so, uh, it's like this expert timing, and Taika was like, what are you guys doing with him? Um, Just, you know, holding the hammer up with lightning. Let's do that and tap into everything Chris can do. So I think the audience responds to that and for so long, we said, well, he's a Norse god. How do we make him relatable? And, and uh, spent so much time, I think, making sure the audience connected with him, that they are so with him now that, yes, we could go to a part four. So that comedy comedic side and the way they, they kind of retone Because if you look at the Force th- Thor and even the Dark World, there were some lines in there, but it was more a serious tone. But then once you saw Thor, when he came through Avengers and he came through Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. anytime we saw him in other things and then, of course, Ragnarok, we saw that transformation um, and, and how they,
3: they built on how what Chris Hemsworth can do with the character i mean he's always sort of been indirectly funny like he has that line in age of ultron where he's like is that the best you can do and ultron's like this is the best i can do and steve rogers is like great you had to ask like (laughs) you you know
2: like and and all the um uh you you know in in the very first four movie you know when he's in the calf and he he likes the he likes coffee i think it's a coffee isn't it and he goes i like this another and smashes it on the floor (laughs) Uh, i mean it's funny because he's out of place isn't he He's, he's he's totally that's normal where he'd come from, but it's funny to us because, you know, we don't see that kind of thing. Um I've got to admit though, I really liked you know, so it was uh Kenneth Branagh, wasn't it, the first Thor movie who directed that. And I really enjoyed that whole sort of Shakespearean take on it and the that uh that feel that it gave. Um and and I know this sounds silly, but I didn't actually dislike For the Dark World as much as I should imagine many other people disliked it. I didn't. Don't go wrong. I wasn't a massive fan of it, but I, I don't. Don't I, and I don't dislike the, the the comedy side of things either. But actually, I kind of feel like if this movie, this movie with Gore, could potentially have been done more like the first four movie, and I think it probably would have hit home completely different than yeah. what it may do. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but do, do you know what I'm saying? I think that, that yeah. Kind of, mm-hmm. That older uh, sort of Shakespearean feel,
0: I, I guess it depends how much they do go into the comedic side of things. I, I mm-hmm. think Ragnarok was a good balance, mm-hmm. and if they keep the similar balance that Ragnarok had, I, I think they'll be fine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I uh, mean, Roxy like... goes, Uh, Fat Thor was my favorite.
3: So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they. It... YTT, he did a good job with uh, Hella in that movie. So, Hella's kind of a similar villain, I guess, to Gore, because, you know, like not the same, but similar, I guess, you know. So, in that vein, I guess he can do pretty good with Gore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why Uh, I said that if they keep that same balance that Ragnarok had, that's what I'm talking about. Is they had Hymsworth had his moments in it, but the villain was actually done really well. Yes. And Mm -hmm. got, got across very well without, even with the comedy in the movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah I, no I agree with that actually yeah, good good point good point yeah, yeah hopefully they can uh, they can keep that balance and well, maybe that's exactly why they took out the scene with him shooting like Dancing.
1: Yeah. No, uh,
0: yeah i wonder what else we'll see in, in extra deleted scenes and so forth that cut out so
2: yeah that would be interesting uh, just what you were saying uh, just get, before we move on from gore cuz we've kind of looked at him quite a lot uh, the necrosword um that's going to be uh, I mean, where are they going to go with that? Where's, where's its origins going to be? You know, we know uh, from you know, comic fans know that his origin, that the, its origins go back to null, which has got ties to the symbiote, which has obviously got ties to venom, but what's going to happen now?
3: Um, who knows? I th- I think that they might pull that old shadow realm out of Marvel and possibly relate it to that personally. Um, that just is if they can't get the symbiote thing to work out. Um, because I imagine that to probably be a little bit of an issue there with the Sony and, and them, you know. Because who knows how what's going on behind closed doors, I guess, in, in that situation. But that's just kind of been my thought. And especially with how, like, Gore's like always, like, veiled in shadows and stuff like that in this. It kind of seems like he kind of finds this sword and it might be related to maybe something else. Just in the same kind of vein, but not the same, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, I guess it depends who has the rights to
0: Null too as well, because they could say Null is Marvel on the Marvel side. Um, mm-hmm. And they could say they could still dual Null, but not mention symbiote at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can make it more like a hive. They could go hive type thing because it's a symbiote and still kind of get away with Null. So it would be interesting to see how, if they do use Null, how things are phrased.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But we also know too that in um, Let There Be Carnage as well, um at the end credit scene that he mentioned the hive mind also about the symbiote so Mm -hmm. you know what's you know i i I think if they do use null it's going to be some pretty clever tap dancing on how they do it
3: yeah probably not like actually name him and probably just like talk about oh there's this being that created this you know like yeah and and kind of leave it kind of almost like they did with the infinity stones kind of you know like kind yeah. of some amb- ambiguity to the background of this is what happened but this is all we really know you know mm. but they have to be
0: careful too because you know Noel being the king in black and they could say darkness and that kind of stuff there's going to be a fine line there saying well you had the dark elves we had darkness so they got to be careful there too as well mm-hmm. if they ex- how they explain null if gnolls yeah. in it and they don't use symbiote and that kind of stuff hmm. um
2: so <clears throat> uh what about jane she's obviously going to be playing a big part in this movie
0: yep and there wasn't much news ab- about her and some of these things i've read that i have in the news about jane um so i'm just going to see where does thor go from here in this movie right does mm-hmm. is jane the future of thor does Hemsworth get more movies or more team-ups you know, how does this play out? You know, are they going to play up Jane's cancer like in the comics? And is Mjolnir poisoning her and not helping her get better? You know, does she make it out alive? Because I'm going to assume someone's not making it out of this alive.
3: Mm-hmm. At least
0: one of the three. Either Valkyrie, Jane, or Thor.
3: Mm-hmm. I feel like Valkyrie will remain like the ruler of Asgard. Thor will probably... Thor's always been more of a soldier than a king. Like, he, he prefers to go out there and fight you know the the good fight rather than sit on a throne so i you know i don't think this is thor's last movie i personally don't think jane foster has another movie after this um if they stick to that cancer storyline because like i said i think in the last podcast this would be kind of like her trilogy in a way you know with thor thor the dark world and then this movie love and thunder so
0: yeah yeah,
3: so and it could it, wrap things up pretty nicely with
0: her. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: it could for her, couldn't it? Maybe um, I mean, there
0: was a sacrifice at the end, and that's how they defeat
3: Gore. Yeah, and you you can see from the trailer that Thor wants the hammer back. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, like, if. She and they also show that one scene in one of the earlier trailers of him putting Stormbreaker in the ground. So, my thought process goes to maybe he puts Stormbreaker, like maybe Jane dies. He uses Stormbreaker as like her grave marker and then takes the hammer as like, hey, you know, like this is me always having Jane with me or whatever and having like my that. hammer back. Yeah.
2: I think we might see the end of Korg as well. Yeah. And he's, he's a popular character, but that that had hit hard. I think, yeah. think that had hit a lot harder than Jane,
3: to be totally honest. Yeah, and, and I I've been a little bit caught off guard. We haven't seen Meek in these trailers, have we?
2: No, I don't think so.
3: Yeah, so I, I hope that he's still in this movie. <laughs> you he's know. Fully, fully grown again with his
2: sword arms. And wait a minute, was he in? He was in. Uh, he was in uh, Thingy, wasn't he? Um, he was Endgame.
0: in
3: Game. In Game, yeah. He was. Yeah, in
2: but didn't he fight in Endgame as well? Wasn't he? I, th- at- I
0: thought so. He's was oh, like yeah. Mr. Cork, I thought.
2: Yeah, and he had yep. all these knives, and yeah. didn't he? Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure well, he did.
0: I can tell you who's not going to be in the film from yeah. interviews. So, this one, I guess Lena Headley, and if you don't know who she is, she was the queen of the Spartans in 300 and the sequel to 300. Mm-hmm. Um, she was supposed to be in Love and Thunder, but Thank now you. she is being sued for $1.5 by her former UK agency. Over unpaid commission fees relating to a number of projects. Among those projects is none other than Thor: Love and Thunder. Ooh. So she had a role in the movie. And apparently, it either didn't make the she didn't make the script, or it got cut out, or whatever. But now her old agency is suing her.
2: Do you think she could have been a a, a god? Yes, Batman I would have
0: saw her Olympus, maybe.
2: Yeah, I don't know who, but or yeah. Or
0: maybe when we saw the scene with. Um, with on and with the Watcher, and where Jane's with the hammer, and we saw all those statues. Maybe oh, something to do yeah. with that. Maybe she was Gore's wife. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows what, what she played, but she was supposed to be in the film, and it looks like she didn't. So now she's being sued for.
2: That's strange.
0: Yeah. Um, Christian Bale also confirms that scenes with Grandmaster and Ichi were cut. So, oh, here's one Zeus's wife, maybe, from Facebook group. Mm-hmm. That yeah. could be as well. Um, yep but uh, Bill in an interview says um, that it turns out that Christian Bale's run as Gore the God Butcher who plays in Thor Love and Thunder originally included scenes featuring the return of Peter Dinklage as Etri and Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster but they didn't make it right. so they cut those scenes out also um, and the last piece of news before we can start more talking Love and Thunder um, Bill also talked about experimenting with his take on Gore the God Butcher He said, loved it, you know, because you really don't know exactly what you're doing with a character like that until you see it completely. Uh, It's in your imagination. And we didn't have that long. You know, we talked about it during quarantine and, you know, in an abstract way, but then put it on and it worked out all right. Uh, This was a a P.S. man with tattoos uh, and he's cut those off. And so we would have seen all those. So you would have all those scars. And that's when we really get to start playing with it and experimenting as you film. You know, you discover it as you go. Um, so, interesting hmm. comments there about it. But I'm hearing good reviews. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the premiers happen, the insiders have it, and I'm hearing some good reviews about it, and I'm looking forward
3: to seeing it. Mm-hmm. yeah I'm looking forward to seeing it too and like you said Andy I cannot see this movie if it's not in IMAX so I'm <laughs> seeing it in IMAX so um, yeah I'm trying to decide when I get tickets so I'm going to do the, the, the 3D again like we did for Multiverse of Madness
0: and then go see it in IMAX or just try to see in IMAX
3: I really wish I would have seen that movie in 3D because I feel like that scene with the music notes flying that across cool. that would yes. have been really cool in 3D um,
0: well even but, the, the beginning with the, the fighting that monster in the beginning that was pretty cool in 3D
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet in that in that uh, in the the stopgap between the universes. Yep. Yeah, I bet that was mm-hmm. quite cool. Yeah, uh, but, but sorry, but back to back to uh, love and thunder. Um, so we've spoken about Thor, we, uh, Well, we've spoken about James, spoken about Gore, kind of spoken about Thor as well. Um, but what a little bit more about Valkyrie? I know you said Alex that you reckon she's going to stay in place in regards to um, being the king of of, of Asgard. Um, mm-hmm do we think that she's going to get involved how else do we think she's going to get involved i mean we do see in the trailer that she's using what looks like zeus's thunderbolts to fight
3: Mm -hmm. um gore Mm -hmm. Um, you know how how do we think her story is going to develop in this movie so personally for me you know i remember back in ragnarok you see that scene where she has the flashback fighting hella And we know Thor didn't even know, you know, Hela existed. So, you know, Valkyrie is probably one of the oldest Asgardians. So, like, left. So not only is she, like, one of the, you know, ancient Valkyrie, but she's not only a great warrior, but she's also one of the oldest in existence, most likely. So I think that she probably, she's going to be a really interesting character, because I'm sure there's stuff that she probably knows about Asgard and its history that Thor may not know. And that may be where when they go to like the the meeting of the gods or whatever, and she's kind of sitting back chuckling, it's because she's like, you know, Thor has no idea what's going on right now, but I've been here before kind of type thing or even, you know, something else completely different. She could have gone as Odin's protector at one point to one of those events or something. So I imagine that she's going to basically kind of take a, a strong Asgardian lead here. Because she has a lot more knowledge of the past than probably anybody else.
0: Remember that, that line from Ragnarok, though? She said about, I'm tired of the the throne squabbles and this kind of stuff. And so, she yeah. like said, she knows a lot more. Because there was that line she said in Ragnarok when, when Thor was trying to recruit her over to the Revengers. Um, and she was just tired of dealing with Asgard and basically the, the
3: BS that that caused over the years.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's tired of the sort of bureaucracy of it, or wasn't she? Mm-hmm. To be totally honest.
3: And and I think Odin was, what, like 5,000 to 10,000 years old, and Thor is like 1,500, so she's got to be somewhere between that range. So, and if she'd been around before even Odin, was she around with Bor? Yeah, that's you know true too. And she could have helped during the, uh, the time of uh, the Convergence with the Dark Elves 5,000 years ago, you know? Mm, yeah very true speaking of valkyrie i want to see what her
0: relationship with jane is because it seems like in the trailers we've seen they have some pretty good rapport between each other some pretty good banter almost like they become like besties almost instantly Mm, yeah yeah
2: yeah Yeah, potentially uh, that's a that's a relationship to to look out for um on the uh something i was thinking about a post-credit scene now i wonder we haven't, se- I don't think we've seen this yet. Have we seen a post credit scene in a movie or in a show that links to what it isn't? So, like a, a post credit scene in a show that links to a movie or a post credit scene in a movie that links to a show. So, I was thinking, because I don't think we'll see Loki in this movie, but will we see him in some sort of post credit scene that actually sets up or could start spark something for Loki season two? Hmm.
0: I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think we'll have any ties to Loki at all in, in this film. You know, maybe yeah. a mention of him or something like that. But because we know the tattoo that Thor has mm-hmm. on his back, mm-hmm. but other than that, I don't think we'll have anything about Loki.
3: Yeah, I I feel like the next time we'll probably see Loki and Thor together is if they take the story of what's going on in the TVA and what's going on, like, outside of the TVA, and they have Thor and Loki eventually run into each other down the road, like, fighting Kang or something. And that's where I would love to see Loki, like, take Kang out and say, I told you, brother, the sun would one day shine on us again, and then take his shot at, at Kang.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't think we'll see Thor and Loki together at all. I don't think we'll see a meet up. That's not what I meant. I was yeah. wondering whether we'll see just some sort of little hint I to the fact... Yeah, some sort of set up to season two of Loki, because we know mm-hmm. it's coming. Um, Yeah, I don't know. That's all I was thinking, just purely for the fact that it's a Thor movie. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we've seen Loki in every other Thor movie. I don't expect to see him in this movie as such, but mm-hmm. we know Loki season two is coming. Mm-hmm. Could it... I mean, I don't know if this is going to have... It doesn't feel like this movie is going to have many huge ties to the grander mm-hmm. s- storyline no. of the MCU I, at the moment. So could a post credit? Yeah. So could a post credit scene do that for us? Mm-hmm.
0: I don't. I don't know. I almost feel like this is the perfect movie to introduce uh, a new character, um, someone that's been rumored for a while, um, and the fact that we have Zeus and Olympians now. Who's the most famous person from Zeus the Olympians that isn't Mark Hercules hercules yep so i think we either see a glimpse of him when they're in the council of the gods um or potentially that could be a post-credit scene mm-hmm. yeah well how would you because there's rumors about hercules been for a while now right yeah what else will be the best medium to introduce Hercu- hercules into the mcu yeah well, i mean have the not movies the council
3: yeah. yeah, I mean, would be probably the best way. I mean, you got Zeus right there and yep. you know, this is a meeting of all the gods and you would assume Hercules might be there and maybe that's how they meet become friends or um, you know, whatever. Ares as well maybe. Yeah? Yeah. This I mean, it looks way. like it looks like Bast is there at one yep. point in in the trailer. So it, there's it looks like this is a collection of gods from like across many different, you know, regions yeah and so uh, could this
0: pick the tie-ins could this tie into wakanda forever
2: well obviously that's the that's the next movie isn't it In yeah and universe, so could
0: one of the post-credit scenes set up wakanda forever
2: could one could the one of the post-credit scenes end up being the wakanda forever trailer yeah they've done that that's it wouldn't be the first time they've done that obviously no way home gave us the uh Dr. Multiverse Madness one, which vector. I don't
0: like that at all. I don't like using post-credit scenes to do trailers. I'd rather see no. post-credit scenes set things up. But yeah, totally. But since the past couple of days, we've seen stuff leak for Wakanda Forever as far as pictures of people in the movie mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of Namor, Atuma, mm-hmm. Namora, Shuri, and Okoye. So they could tie a trailer either at the front of this or as a post-credit scene
2: yeah agreed i still think that i still think our idea from a little while ago i think it was your idea jorian um saying about a post-credit scene um could be more like a post-credit sequence i guess and it be sort of five or six minutes long mm-hmm. and that really sort of gives you a taster rather than just um a little hint a little just yep. sort of there's one thing to go away and think about is actually giving you something to go on about Another project, or about anything. That maybe not. Maybe not even another project, but maybe something completely different that's kind of just very vaguely tied to that movie. um But uh, I don't think we'll see that. But you know, maybe we could be right with the Wakanda Forever trailer there. Um, so they're going to release it before, and they've got raring up. They've only got a few days. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the rumor is that Jimmy Alexander is in the movie as Lady Sif. She was at the premiere.
3: Yeah, I saw that.
0: Could a post-credit scene <laughs> set up a Lady Sif project?
3: That would be cool. She was in Agents of Shield, you know. Yeah, yep, um, yep, she was, and, and they sort of did that little tie there. But she helped the Agents of Shield, so she also was
0: Loki as well.
3: Yeah, and yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, yeah, she she's really kind of like started to, especially with Loki. You know, she's kind of back in the Starlight again. So why not bring her back in? Yeah, because where, where's she been, right? We know
0: the Warriors Three died in Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, so where has she been? Where was she during that time of Ragnarok? Was she off world somewhere? Maybe she, maybe she is the way that we get, um, uh, um, Balder. Beta Beta Ray Bill. Ooh, maybe she was off. Looking for Beta Ray Bill, or maybe she's off with the the, the
3: Corgonites, or She's she's the reason.
0: breaker. Yeah. yeah.
3: She's the reason that Beta Ray Bill gets his hammer in the comics because I yep. think she fights. Uh, I can't remember who it is she fights, but she the dwarf. Or was it the dwarf? She but, fights. Yep.
0: The dwarf. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: And the, she the comics him. and
0: the cartoon, she was pretty tied to the to to Beta Ray Bill. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's a post-credit scene.
0: Because what's yeah. her name? What's the other goddess um, that was that was uh, in the cartoon with the fire? Um,
2: I, was, I was. I don't know. Uh,
0: I can't remember what, 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 which, which uh, one it was, and the from the cartoons that she got taken over, and she was the fire, it wasn't Sylvie? It was the other one? Oh, enchantress. Enchantress. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And maybe that's how we get enchantress.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, possibly in Beta Ray Bill.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Potentially, well, What think- I, can-
3: I, can- I was just going to say, I think Hella was kind of like a combination of Hella and Enchantress in yeah. a way, you know. Because, yeah. So
2: well, we had the Executioner, didn't we, as well? So yeah, and, yeah, and obviously, her uh, Enchantress and Executioner were sort of buddies, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what's his but, name?
0: Yeah. Um, Scourge was the yeah. Executioner.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, do you think we'll see Boulder? Hmm. Well, he was originally talked about to be in Multiverse of Madness. Madness on the Illuminati. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he was. Mm. Which would have been really strange now, actually, thinking about it.
3: Yeah, and I feel like people wouldn't probably know who he was. You know, that might have confused people. Like, people knew who Captain Carter was from What If. Everybody knows Fantastic Four. We saw another version of Captain Marvel, you know. So, yeah, I think that would have been probably like. A, a weird random yeah. pool for them. It,
0: it would have been, but as guardians are always in some shit though, right? They <laughs> are. They are. <laughs> it it they wouldn't are. have been, un, it would have been unusual. Sif would have been a, yeah. Sif would have been a better person for the Illuminati if they had an Asgardian on there. mm mm-hmm. Because people would have known who Sif is.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's true. Yes. But, uh, but the, like, again, uh, you know, Boulder could potentially show up in this movie. He's obviously, he's obviously on, in, in some people's minds to, mm-hmm. to bring into the four. Um,
3: but he's right. Thor's brother, is he not? Yeah. So, yeah. so it's kind of like I hope they don't do one of those things like they did with Hela, where it's like, oh, here's another sibling you didn't know you had. Yeah, exactly. You know, like,
2: like, maybe okay. he's always known about it. Maybe that's where Sif's been trying to find yep. his brother. Maybe, I mean, maybe his brother she, left years ago or
3: something. Yeah. Maybe he renounced the throne and <laughs> yeah. left and disappeared or something. Or, you know. Or maybe
0: he's like Siroxy goes waiting for we've been waiting for Bayway Bill forever. But here, here's how they could do Balder. I said I thought about this. What if Odin had like a side piece and he had Baldur with somebody else, kind of like how Ooh. when Zeus would used to go down and how he had like um Perseus, you know, yeah. sort of he yeah, Perseus, yeah, somebody, yeah, that yeah, kind of God. stuff. So yeah, like a demigod. So what I, if and what if that's how Balder is and Thor knew about finds out about this through Valkyrie or, or somebody else, and that's mm-hmm. where Sif has been all uh, finding um yeah. and, and, Balder.
2: And you know what? That also kind of plays into the whole Gore um, situation, where he kind of he kind of says like gods are just out for themselves and just to do things for themselves. Like yep. you know, Odin's kind of gone. Actually, I can go and do whatever I want. I can go and have another family if I want. And that that adds. Um, gravitas to gore's argument doesn't it
0: yep his motives mm-hmm. yep
2: yeah that's it it just it just makes us as the viewer almost sympathize with him even more if we mm-hmm. find out that odin's been um you know uh, has got like you
3: say another family on the side sort of thing and you can't and, he's and, right and we've seen odin like be referenced in the past to have a change of heart when they were conquering the nine realms and he saw what Hela was doing. He was like, All right, maybe we should stop here. Like, yeah. you have a bloodlust, like, maybe we should stop. And she didn't like that. So, I mean, that's that could have been where the change of heart really happened for Odin. Yeah, you know? another
0: could have been could Baldur have been Hela's executioner back in those times. And instead of him being off somewhere or instead of him being in prison somewhere, he was sent off somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: potentially. Yeah. Um, from the Facebook group, he could be in charge of Hell. Balder could be.
3: Yeah, you know? I, I I think that's an interesting idea. Kind of one of those things like Hell is not there, so you know Hell needs a ruler. Could yeah, be in charge it's of it. Some, you know? Somebody that I can trust as well. So, yeah.
0: So I wonder. We see Thor running through his ages, right? Different costumes. Um, Hemsworth's son does play him at one point. I wonder. Do we get a? another Odin story in this one? Because so far, Odin has been in every Thor film. Are, are they going to continue that trend where either we see a flashback? so we see him younger? Do we see a flashback of Odin? Or do we get another story from Odin? And also, if we do get any other stories or flashbacks, do we see Heimdall in this as well in some capacity? Either a flashback or, because they showed that of Thor running through the, the times there, do we see anything like that? Or does Thor have a vision where he can talk to Heimdall?
2: Uh, do, does Thor tell the story? So I don't, you yeah, know, he could. I don't, I don't think this is going to ruin anything, but, um, so in the, in the, the storyline, in the God butcher storyline, it travels through three times. And uh, the, the story skips back and forward through three different times. And, um, uh, in the end, Thor and old Thor basically come together to, to beat Gore. Um, but uh, so so could it be our old Thor who tells who's telling the story at the beginning? You know, he could he be taking the place of Odin? Like sort of, you know, I remember a time like he's telling it from yeah. the future as such. Mm-hmm. And he's telling about this story.
3: Yeah. He's like you know, recounting we... his tale, basically, yeah. of what happened. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. So what we're actually listening to the narrator is from a thousand years in the future. But he's recounting this tale.
0: And that, that kind of leads into the, the first trailer we saw where he was talking about that and reigning through time as he gets older. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be a good transition from Odin telling the stories to, to Thor telling the stories, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if we see anyone from the past, I hope we see Heimdall. I'm sorry. I like Heimdall. You know? <laughs> I like yeah, uh, okay. Idris's, uh, uh take on him, too, as
3: well.
2: Mm. Yeah, me too. me too. I mean, I uh,
3: uh, Odin was played by Anthony Hopkins. Yes. Right? Yes. So, I mean, like, I couldn't imagine Anthony Hopkins coming back probably for this movie. I mean, I don't know if he is or not, but I'm just saying, like, if he did for even a flashback, I think that would be huge. But I can totally see Odin probably in that play scene that they're going to do. Um, you know, like, you <laughs> know, I mean, mo- most McCarthy's in it. Yeah, so yes. I could I could totally see, like, maybe Odin. That's probably the only way we get, like, Odin in some form in this is kind of like a scene <laughs> recounting on the past type.
2: Right, gotcha, yeah, yeah.
0: Hey, Alex, you also, too, had the other thought in the group about um, the one-above-all type of scenario. Or, not the one-above-all, th- no, those who l- look in the shadows or...
3: Oh, the ones above, or the yeah. ones who sit above in shadow.
0: Yes, the ones who sit yeah. above in shadows. Do you, you kind of have that theory? So, do you think when we see things like the Watcher and the others, mm-hmm. is that where they come into play? Um, or we also saw Celestials also too. Where do you think they fit in?
3: Yeah, I. It's weird. It almost seems like the Celestials are there to attend this meeting at at y- you know in that one scene where it shows oh, it- like. Like uh, them through the window or whatever, standing there. So it almost seems like celestials are there I, for some reason. Could that you know? be a
0: flashback though? Because I guess it we, could. I guess some celestials are still out there. So it, probably not a flashback.
3: But Go ahead, It sorry. could. No, no, no. But I was just gonna say, mm. like, kind of like the ones who sit above in shadow. And man, I always butcher that name. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's kind. Of, I feel like things like death, uh, eternity, the watcher. Like all those like beings that we saw around Jane, they can all kind of be classified in that because they're like almost larger than the gods themselves, Mm -hmm. because it's like for death, everything dies, everything comes to an end. So like, that's it. Like the watcher is a watcher of everything, you know, like, so these are kind of like the gods of the gods kind of like type. And these are, it's just like when Loki goes and he sees the ones who sit above in shadow and he's kind of caught off guard because that's sort of like the gods to Asgard, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I and think then, you're
3: right now.
0: And then I got another question too. So, request thoughts on this one. So, we've seen the trailer where um, Gore's pretty much taking on a planet, right? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that we know that Gore's motivations are because something happened on his planet, whether it's other gods or whether it's Celestials. Do you think Um, this could be a way for them since we see Eternals that what happened on Gore's... What happened with Gore to force motivations that it was an emergence to kind of tie Eternals into the mix? Because Eternals really aren't tied there much at all right now in the MCU. Mm -hmm.
1: Um,
0: But do you think that's how they could tie Eternals in some more to things, saying that it was an emergence that happened? Uh, Maybe we see the actual Nowhere get decapitated He gets the sword. Maybe that's where we see Noel. He gets the sword, and that's how his villain arc starts. With that, what if
3: what if other Eternals attend this meeting of the gods on behalf of uh, the Celestials, or come like as the you know like Celestials, like floating way out in space, and (laughs) they can see it in the background. And then you have like six Eternals or something who show up in a little group and sit down, and they're his eyes and ears, you know, like.
2: I wonder, cool. we'll see, um, I wonder whether we'll see. I wonder whether we'll see Starfox in this, you know, and 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 Pip, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: might you know it, it it they wouldn't not fit, would they, in this story? I mean, they might fit in the Guardian story better, mm-hmm. Guardians Three maybe, um, <laughs> but they wouldn't not necessarily not fit in this.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And he seems to be sort of done with the Celestials, you know. He seems like he's been out like, partying, having a good time, getting into fights, like, doing, you know, whatever it is he wants to do with Pip, so, yeah, I mean, like, that scene where he's, like, you know, I think I know what's going on with your friends, or whatever, at the end of the Eternals movie, you know, he could very well, of course, you know, just be somewhere off in the galaxy, and, show up just there yeah. yeah and show up there and be like hey i'm here you know like i'm just here to find out what's going on so
0: mm-hmm. i just had another thought too because i'm trying to forget my head of why celestials <clears throat> are involved here do you think that piece of when he destroys that planet that he destroyed a planet with an egg too and that's why they're curious about what's going on there's gonna be some way why three's why they're curious of of in there not just you know if you know what i mean
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know whether it's um,
0: nowhere or he kills he kills a planet with a, with an mm-hmm. egg or he stops an emergence or something. Uh, why celestial? That, that's what I'm curious
3: about. Uh, why celestials are there?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, why why they're concerned themselves with him?
3: The funniest thing was, you know, the whole problem with the deviants was they evolved past the point of which they would do exactly what the celestials wanted. So then they made these like machines which the eternals were to fix that problem and yet now the eternals have basically gone against their creators again (laughs) so so it's like okay like you know
2: they keep keep repeating the same mistake
3: yeah it it doesn't matter if it's organic or not like it it still does it you know yeah
2: they're still going to fight against you Mm-hmm. um i think we should be closing this one up now lads we've gone on for nearly two hours um and uh we've had a good conversation is there any closing thoughts on thor before we uh before we close this up
0: um i just i just hope this sets up for what's next with thor because i'm trying to think there's tons of t- thor stories they can tell in, from the comics i just wonder where this leads to are we gonna get a thor five i wonder or are we gonna see him more of in team ups and other films Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think this could be the last we see of him in his own movie for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, we might we might get to see him be the sort of. I mean, I'd quite like to see a War of the Realms type storyline, um, mm-hmm. but um, which obviously he takes a key role in. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't think we'll see him in an individual movie for a while after this.
3: I'll throw this out there. I think that those monsters that they're fighting at New Asgard, I think those are like shadow beings, and this goes back to the shadow realm type thing. So that's like sort of the thing where you hit one, they just dissipate and disappear and you move on to the next one, and I think that maybe they could have been sent by Gore, but that's just my really far, way out there theory.
0: Okay. That's a good thought, because he does say we need an army in one of the trailers.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. So... And that's where, like I said earlier, it relates back to the sword being from the Shadow Realm instead of yeah, yeah. from Null. So
2: Okay, cool. All right, and let's well let's tie this one up because um it's been uh, a good two hours and we don't need to drag it out. Mm-hmm. Um I can do this all day. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. It's getting late. It's, ne- it's nearly midnight. It's nearly midnight in yeah, an now and I've got to go to bed. Um guys it's been a pleasure thank you for listening uh with uh, jamie and roxy and 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 lisa and uh some other guys coming in and out so thank you for listening um and uh enjoy love and thunder and we'll mm-hmm. see you next week yeah
0: and for those in the u.s and enjoy your holiday and july. fourth july july
2: yeah mm-hmm. happy fourth of july all right take care that's all right thank
3: you bye guys why don't you tell them about the time we face- all right.
0: Headquarters